This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us today. For our uh, Wednesday show, it is great to have you along. We have uh, World Series champ. So I'll leave that to uh, Brandon, covered sports this morning. We've uh, got a whole lot coming up on the show, as a matter of fact. But let me, since the weather took such a drastic turn uh, in the past couple of days, let me just let you know what's going on. Uh, still a chance of precipitation in Abilene today, but only about a 10% chance. And the high is actually going to get up to 48 for you in Abilene. Uh, no rain or snow or wintery mix in the forecast. San Angelo looking for partly cloudy skies and uh, 53. A little on the gusty side today, though, with winds 20, 25 miles an hour. And uh, then we're going to see throughout the entire West Texas region, we're going to see a warming trend and be up either into the 70s or very near 70 by this weekend. So as far as El Paso goes, let's uh, take a look. 55 for the high temperature. It's still Freezing outside, though, at this moment, 30 degrees in El Paso now. Not looking for any more snow, rain, but God, it's just, it seemed like it just snowed off and on for most of the day yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kept looking out the window, and all of a sudden it was a winter wonderland out there. Today, generally sunny, it will get up to 55 degrees, and tomorrow Woo, we'll be balmy. back up in the 60s, right? And by the weekend, uh, one thing to look forward to, looks like uh, no precipitation for the weekend, and by the time Friday and Saturday gets here, uh, into the 70s or near 70, for Abilene, San Angelo, El Paso, southern New Mexico, you know, basically our uh, our region. So we have that to look forward to. Let's go ahead and go around the room and everybody share what you're working on today. We'll get an idea of what's happening in the world in general uh let's start with sports so brandon what do we have coming up this morning in sports headlines well we do have a world series champion the dodgers took it all last night but most people are talking about the pitching change that the tampa bay rays made that could have cost them the game yeah they took out uh i think the sixth they uh and i'm drawing a blank on the blake snell, blake snell. yeah they took out blake snell 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 is that the ginge Blake Snell? Uh, you're talking about Justin Turner who tested positive? Ah, that guy, yeah. I saw that part. And then went and celebrated with his team on the field? With Without a mask. mask. Without the mask on. <laughs> yeah. One of the players for the Dodgers got taken out of the game? Explain yeah. to me how it happened. Like A test came back while the game was going on, and they said, this dude has coronavirus. Yes, they <laughs> pulled him, field. So they pulled him from game six. <laughs> They're like, th- at least let him finish real quick. Let him finish the inning. But then when... Did he? Did they do that? Did they let him finish the inning, or did they? I, just don't, ha- I think they yanked him right yeah. away. No, they said the first came. The first test came back in like the second inning, and it was like inconclusive. So they did another test that they got another sample from Tuesday, and yeah, no, it had it. it he had the current. But then when the game was over, uh, he went back out. On he was field. out of the field without a mask. He's, he's, he's got a picture right of him right next to the trophy and uh, manager Roberts. He probably kissed the uh, trophy, I would imagine. Probably kissed uh, Roberts. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they were passing around like champagne bottles and they were chugging out of the thing. So, 
you would think if it's like, oh, you got coronavirus, you can't be on the field, you know, yards, game. yards away from everybody. But afterwards, yeah, come on out and join the celebration without a mask. Well, the team kind of was like, what are we going to do? We're not going to punish him. He has to stay in the corner. Mm-hmm. Now they get to stay in Texas. <laughs> Coming up by uh, news, Lisa. What are we What are we covering in news? Not Not everything we're covering, but just kind of like a little preview. Sure. The Texas High Court has upheld Governor Greg Abbott's authority to limit ballot drop off locations in counties, um, issuing kind of what's expected to become a, a final ruling for numerous lawsuits that have been challenging yeah. this order. So only one drop off location for mail in ballots per county. So that means in Travis County, which is where Austin is located, I think there's like five, four or five uh, ballot drop-off locations. They are now being limited down to one. Uh, so this is obviously going to be a problem for very large and spread out counties because now you only have one place you can go to drop it off. I mean, this sounds like an attempted voter suppression. I mean, it sounds like uh, yeah. a way to make it more totally. difficult for people to vote. It probably you know, is targeting people... Uh, with lesser means. I don't know what you're talking about, man. You still can vote. They're not taking away your vote. Yeah. You just got to find this There's one magic... There's still one box available yeah, for like, you to drop off your vote. It's like hunting for Forrest Fenn's buried treasure somewhere <laughs> in the Rockies. Yeah, it's uh, but, somewhere. So when someone... So when you... Um, to drop it off, I thought this was interesting. So voters have to pre- um, must present... And a form of identification to the poll worker, and then they have to put it in there, and voters can't turn in anyone else's ballot. When I was in California, there's no rules. No rules like that. So you can drop off multiple people's ballots, and you don't have to prove you are who you say you are when you drop it off. So, I mean, we have better rules here at least. But, yeah, because my friend at one point, she goes, oh, hold on, we have to go swing by city council in McWine. She's well, like, i got to drop off my uh, our ballots. And she had, all like, four or five of them. We have stricter rules. Yeah. You mean. But, like, yeah. how do you know that someone's not just given two ballots on accident in that state and then just turns it in? Well, they, you know, uh, according to the election board, and, and every state runs their elections a different way, mm-hmm. and my entire voting... Uh, process was was very different than what it was the last time i voted Did in 2018 well i had never got a finger condom before mm-hmm. i'm saving that as a souvenir <laughs> <laughs> but this time around it printed out like a little like an actual paper card and then you had to take the paper card and, and feed it into it a reader uh-huh. i didn't do that in 2018 i didn't do it in 2016 that's a good point so there's a lot of uh, different ways that they run it uh, depending on what the state is but the but the idea is they've got the name of registered voters you do have to be a registered voter they compare so that that registered voter doesn't get two votes so even if you did drop off two ballots remember when uh, a few weeks ago trump was encouraging his voters to mail in a vote and then go in person and try to vote again and his whole argument was well if it really works the say the way they say it does you'll You'll, they'll only count one of your votes. So, you know. Well, I mean, really what he said was vote, and this is still erroneous on his part, but as he said, vote, make sure it counted. If it didn't, then go vote again. And it, it's like, so you have to go through the effort of making sure it counts. I, I mean, 
Donald Trump is not a guy who's always stayed on the same message the whole time, but I know that at one point he said, "Vote if you're going to vote by mail, vote by mail, then go in and vote in person when you can. Yeah, but you're skipping the part where he said, vote by mail, check to see if it counted. If it didn't count, then go vote in person. How do you check to see if your vote counted? See, I think that, but that's where I'm still agreeing with you. Like, yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. That's well, okay. you're actually, still, but you're still, you're, like, you're, you're, you're glossing over some of the parts. And this is, sir, why you are the fake news, because you're oh. not reporting the whole story, all well, right? Well, there, there are ways that you can. There's a different, <laughs> different software and different apps that you can do. There's one, actually, that I um, was posting up there that shows you, to. it'll show you if your ballot has been received. Yeah, I know that my uh, my mom was able to do that with her ballot mm-hmm. in Oregon. Is that you can check and make sure that it was uh, it was received and that it was it was it was checked on, man. Let's uh, just do a quick reminder: early voting in Texas goes through Friday, and then the next time you'll be able to vote is on Election Day. And I believe anybody can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but on Election Day Tuesday, you got to go to. Your, your specific yeah. polling place. So you yep. can't just go to mm-hmm. anyone like like we've been doing during the early voting. So you'll be l- limited to where you can go and whatever lines there might be on actual election day. But they're saying more people are voting in this election, like a, a bigger percentage of Americans eligible to vote are voting since 1908 in this election this year. So you've got through Friday to get your early vote done. But remember, if Tuesday rolls around, you've kind of you're kind of locked into which polling place you go to cast your vote. Joanna, Entertainment News. What do we have on the way with Entertainment News today? Keith Rainier. Do you remember that name? Is that the Nexium? Yeah, the convicted leader of the sex cult Nexium. He's been sentenced to 120 years in prison. What, oh, what? that was the one with the chick from Smallville, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, he was facing life in prison at his sentencing yesterday and eventually came down to 120 years in prison. He didn't kill anybody, right? It was just like he was enslaving it people. Was sex trafficking. Sex yeah. trafficking, right. But but as far as like he didn't kill R. Kelly anybody. was totes jealous, though. I don't think he was killing, no. How does the Monster Madness stand at this point? Oh, we're going to be wrapping that up today. At least the uh, the semifinals. Are going to be wrapped up today in uh, just under three hours. Would, if you were to analogize this to the college basketball, are we in the Final Four? This is the Final Four right okay. now. And then uh, coming up in just a few hours, we will have the final matchup that will be going uh, up later today. And you have Freddie taking on Jason. And then you have Michael Myers taking on Pennywise. Pennywise must have come out of the bracket that Pennywise... I, I doubt if Pennywise was a number one seed. No, Pennywise took down Leatherface. Oh, yeah, all right. Fair enough, I would go with that. I'd be more afraid of Pennywise than I would be of Leatherface. You know, Leatherface kind of just operates like around his creepy farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Stay away from that. And also, you know, eventually Chainsaw's going to run out of gas or blade oil or something. So It's going <laughs> to seize up. <laughs> it could seize up, Wait, right? Yeah. Um, all right, so you can go over and vote at that. Vote on that at buzzadamshow.com, and we'll find out by tomorrow, right? We'll know who the final two are. No, we'll tr- find out today we before the show wraps today. up. Okay. Yet another thing to look forward to. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Brandon uh, sent me a link to pictures of there's this house somewhere in Texas, and 
the guy's decorations are so gory. The cops have been called multiple times because people think a massacre is just taking place. That's impressive. Nailed it. Do you know where this That's where goals. this was, Brandon? <laughs> uh, no, I just uh, I just kind of breezed by it. I saw that because there was a video that I saw earlier, but it was at night, so it was really dark. And the uh, photo that I sent you is during the day. Like it looks like there was a safe dropped on somebody's head. Yeah. So there's a lot of fake blood. There's a lot of what look like dead bodies. The hoops I had to jump through just to see this picture on Reddit, they make you <laughs> confirm that you're 18 oh, or older. Oh, that's right. Is this the one with yeah. the wheelbarrow? Yes. Yeah. Uh, then, it's in Dallas. Once you get in, after you've already said you're 18, it's like, are you sure you want to see it? you got to click for the <laughs> it not safe for work uh, click. I've seen it. It's... Yeah, in daylight, they're clearly dolls or mannequins or whatever but yeah it looks like one guy's head just totally got smushed by a safe some dude got stabbed on the roof somebody's got a chainsaw sticking out of their back did it say how many times the police have been called about this scene multiple i saw that no. it said multiple yeah it just said multiple um wow 20 gallons of blood were used yeah, that's wow. a lot i wonder if they have to freshen up the blood like if it starts drying out or what if it rains you know what i mean yeah all right, Lisa, tell us about uh, the phenomenon of sugar daddies and sugar babies and how it applies to New Mexico. Why is it attached to New Mexico? And in this uh, post that you've got at buzzadamshow.com. Oh, yeah. You can read more about it and see what else we, we put up there at buzzadamshow.com. Mm-hmm. Well, times are tough right now during the pandemic, and some people are trying to help make en- ends meet in an unconventional way by becoming sugar babies. The sugar dating website Seeking Arrangements says that there has been a 72% increase in users from New Mexico. Uh, They say, um, in case you're not familiar, sugar dating is when young, attractive men and women, also known as sugar babies, date older, wealthier sugar um, daddies. But there's sugar mamas, too. Uh, These sugar parents, I guess. (laughs) How about the, the people with financially everything from tuition, bills, rent, other expenses, Seeking Arrangements spokesperson said the company has seen record-breaking increases of people using their dating site during the pandemic. There's been a 72% increase in signups to the website for New Mexico between March and June of 2020 compared to 2019. Um, they say people are signing up because it, quarantine's been especially hard for singles and especially ones that are having trouble with the pandemic. Um, they say that it allows people the option to refuse to settle and when they come to that site, they can um, they meet someone who's able to pick up the check at dinner and help them uh, build a life where they're not going to have to worry about struggling. <laughs> Wait, so it's a lifetime commitment? If no, you're somebody's like, sugar daddy, you're it's like a lifetime deal. Well, some of them they become you know trophy wives. <laughs> uh huh. Mm. So it can become permanent. Do they? Go on. I don't want to be crass. Do they specify whether? You got to put out? Yeah. Uh, No, they say actually (laughs) some of the sugar babies that were interviewed said, no, that's actually not a requirement of it. Uh, Some of the people just genuinely want someone to uh, socialize and hang out with. It's not a requirement, but it's implied. That was one thing I remember that what was that show, The Bunny Ranch? A lot of the girls would say that. They're like, we spend probably like 80% of our time just talking because they want to just talk to someone. 
there was a sugar baby scene in the sugar Borat baby? movie. So I found out a couple <laughs> of things. The uh, the woman's name who was going to teach Borat's daughter to be a sugar baby was uh, Macy Chanel. Mm-hmm. It turns name. out she's an actress, and, and she says she knew that it was for a comedy. She didn't know it was for a Borat, but she knew that it was for comedic purposes. I wonder if this is the scene. Brandon, have your finger ready to go to the button. Oh, I don't think they were any bad. Loud. Yeah, Come on. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Like in the middle of watching Borat, I had to look up, is this is this person a real person? Uh-huh. Uh, she's a social media influencer. Yeah, she's like, okay, that's exactly what we're not going to do. <laughs> you have to get them to like you. <laughs> So I didn't do anything that you just did. <laughs> yeah. What was the thing that she was saying? She was Oh, <laughs> she could open a beer. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, I still recommend Borat if you want to see a good... <laughs> I rewatched it last night and I was telling Joanna, I rewatched it. I still can't... I couldn't watch the Rudy Giuliani scene again. It's just so uncomfortable. I wonder how those rednecks are doing. I, I, you know what? I hope they're living their best life because mm-hmm. they took him in without any. Do question. you want to do like, quick, quick update on some of the people that appeared in the new Borat? Yes. So I read a Variety article and they went through and like here's how everyone's doing since Borat. And they inter- one of the guys at the debutante ball apparently was a local news reporter, and he talked about his experience. So I guess they just said that they were going to be... It's some reality show on debutantes being um, like a debutante ball. Like kind of like my super sweet 16, but the debutante okay, version. Okay, so it's not like Borat just went to this thing that was already planned. It was like... I, I'm always curious about how they set them up because I, I always yeah, think they there all are talk a couple... About that. There are a couple plants. Like there might be some people that are there to kind of get the other people going. You know what I mean? Yeah, so what they did is they said, hey, we're doing this reality show on the debutantes. uh, So everybody bring your daughter and dress to the nines. Right, exactly. So that's what they were kind of telling them. And they were going to talk about, you know, just living in the South and Southern Bells and Southern, like, lifestyle. So that's what they thought they were going there for. And they said, like, oh, yeah, there's uh, the show is going to be kind of, uh, someone wanting to become part of your group, like becoming part of like the debutante life, and that's when in comes Borat with his Sarah Jessica Parker, or was her name? <laughs> it was Sandra Jessica Parker. Yeah, something. Yeah. Um, How about the nice lady that was the babysitter who was Denise. really concerned? Oh my Denise. gosh, bless her heart. She is so yes. cute. Yeah, she uh, apparently this is the part that broke my heart was the fact that she prayed. After she met Dutar, she's been praying for her daily for that pork. She's like, I was so worried about it. So worried, right. Uh, But Joanna found something different than I did. So we spent a lot of time this morning researching. I am deep into investigating here. You go, girl. I love it. What else you got? I want to know about these rednecks. They're the ones I couldn't find because I actually was looking for them and Janice. I wanted to see how Janice was doing. So on Reddit, it does say that he, Sasha Baron Cohen did an interview that when he went with the rednecks that they got very curious but they didn't kick him out and none of it was scripted at all how Uh, about i heard that when there were cameras that they told them it was for a documentary the the elderly ladies in the synagogue when when borat goes into Mm -hmm. the synagogue joanna knew more about this one of them is suing well, well, the estate of one of them, because one of them did pass away. Over so the these summer. ladies were very kind to to Borat, and 
you know, showed him that Jews are not monsters with bat wings and uh-huh. things like that. So, and uh, they were one of them was a Holocaust survivor. So she did it, and she's the one that's suing, I believe. She yeah. passed away, so she's not suing. She passed away, and Borat uh, or Sasha Baron Cohen gives gives her a credit in the in the finals, but in the you know the, the credits, the credits. Thank you. But it was her family decided to sue after they found out that it was a Borat thing, and they said that their their late grandma or mom or whatever thought that it was for an actual documentary. But at the time they decided to sue, they had not seen the scene. The scene. And uh, now what are they saying now that they saw the scene? Haven't seen an update yet. I haven't seen an update. I think I did see, I saw one this morning saying that the suit has been dropped. Um, oh, those little elderly ladies are so sweet. I like when they're like, let's, let, let's make love and not I, war. I mean, one, one thing at a time. One thing at a time, Doris. Uh, <laughs> one step at a time. Doris. It says here that a Georgia judge has dropped, has rejected the lawsuit um, refused to issue an injunction. Well, the ladies in the synagogue are, Lawsuit is over. are one of the few that, that come off looking as good as they do. I mean, they come off looking great. And so does the, uh, the Janice, babysitter. the babysitter. You know, I would kind say, of the redneck. I was gonna uh, say they conspiracy guys came off yeah. looking like pretty okay dudes. Yeah, say what you want <laughs> about their beliefs. They took that man they, in. Yeah, they no question about it. Yeah, come on over. Let's hit a Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events. I'll let you know what's happening on our calendar. First of all, today is Champagne Day. Ah, it is National First Responders Day. Oh, they good for them. Yeah, today is also chocolate day oh. uh, so we have all that going on on today's mo show calendar as far as birthdays go joaquin phoenix academy award winner for joker is 46 today i want to see that again i only saw it once julia roberts is 53 i i want to say she's an academy award winner but i'm not i'm not 100 julia roberts sure. yeah aaron brockovich Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Actor Matt Smith, who played the 11th Doctor on Doctor Who, is 38 today. And actress Gwendolyn Christie, who played Brienne of Tarth on Game of Thrones and also Captain Phasma in Star Wars, is 42. Let's see. Bill Gates is 65. You know, his dad was like 90. had just passed away a couple weeks ago. Bill Gates Sr., because uh, his dad was gonna gonna blow the lid on this whole COVID thing. It's all it's all Bill Gates's fault. Oh, so Bill Gates off Bill his own Gates dad is behind was... it. His father knew about it, mm. so they offed him. You know who he called for that as well? Ghostbusters, the, the Clintons, because the Clintons know how to get it done. Okay. Because of George Soros, exactly. Wait, you're telling me, uh, Clem, that it didn't have anything to do with Bill Gates Senior being like 95? No, no, he was healthy. Okay. He, he was healthy as an ox. And Clintons, you know, they take the blood of babies. Yeah. Have you been reading with their satanic no, rituals? I only heard it in the Borat movie. <laughs> you only heard it from those redneck guys? Yeah. Uh, and Caitlyn Jenner is 71. I notice also on the calendar, uh, like uh, this famous guy, I guess he was a big Olympic star named Bruce Jenner, was born on oh. this date also. Nice. Whoa. Heard that man doesn't exist anymore. I wonder if they're related. Any <laughs> yeah. Uh, Annie Potts, who was on Designing Women, played Janine, the receptionist at Ghostbusters, 
is 68 today. And uh, today, as I mentioned, is National Chocolate Day. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. They did a list of 25 vampire movies. And it is just a hot pile of garbage. Right? Oh, no. Right? Why have these lists been garbage lately? Yeah. I think some people try and get too cute with it. It's like, oh, well, everybody likes this vampire movie. I'm going to put one that nobody's ever heard of except for me. And Oh, yeah. Like, you're so hipster. You have, like, the one movie... Oh, you haven't seen this I, one? I am though. happy to report there's not a single Twilight movie oh, in the top 25. <laughs> nice. So, got that going for it. And the number one on their list is Nosferatu, the 1922 movie. And okay. look, I can that, accept that. That whole thing is creepy because it. he looks like a... I mean, it, it looks like... He looks like a vampire. historic footage of an actual <laughs> vampire because it was a silent movie. And what was I think the, it was a silent What was the movie with um, Shadow of the Vampire, the one with that, uh, oh, Willem Dafoe? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's a good one. The actor was a German actor named, I think Max Schreck was the actor's name, but he's the mm-hmm. one with like the buck teeth, like the, the extreme. Who looks like Peter from what we do in the show. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you watch the movie, it's not that scary. I mean, it, that's a creepy I mean, looking it's vampire. One of those ones that probably was back then. Sure. Oh, I bet it was horrifying back then. And the same goes for number two, Dracula, 1931, Bela Lugosi. Classic. I get it. It's a classic. I'm sure people were terrified in the theaters at the time, but it's not It's not even remotely scary. But this was like the groundwork. So yeah, I'll this is the, the yeah. foundation of how... It's the base. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are saying greatest vampire movies ever, not scariest. Yeah. Um, so this is the list of iconic films. I guess, but... Because you know without these movies, the other ones never would have been made. What's your... Uh, <laughs> let's just jump right to the problem here. What is your vampire movie that's not even included on the list? Bordello of Blood! <laughs> With Dennis Miller and A.G. <laughs> yeah. Everhard and Corey oh, Feldman. Man, it's got, it's the, it's got the little guy that Lisa's got the hots for. Oh, that dude's in it? Yes! <laughs> Remember? Phil, Phil, um... Phil Fun- Crack- no. No, Phil DeCaro, I think. Phil DeCaro is in it. Lisa loves him. I don't know why, but he's so cute. <laughs> okay, I, I have to... That's what to, I'm telling you, man. I have to just mention that 30 Days of Night is not on here. Anyways, was 30 Days of that Night... That terrifies I'm, me. That the, Just that movie in general, because it's like, no, you're right. You are stuck in the middle of Alaska for 30 days. That, I'm telling you, there's something about a horror movie being based in either Alaska or Antarctica that makes it even more terrifying, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I agree with that statement. Then they've got uh, a bunch of old movies from the 30s. You've got Vampire from 1932, Dracula's Daughter, 1936. Okay. Okay. We don't need to be getting cute here, all right? Right. Get to it. Where do Lost Boys land on the list? I'm willing to bet 20 bucks if we click on the link that shows exactly who wrote this blog. It's a dude with a handlebar mustache and a flannel shirt and a crap beer in his hand with rolled-up jean cuffs and boots. Uh, Even right. worse is the one where they're like, oh, it's between three of us, and we all collectively oh. did this. And it's like, well, all three of who you are suck. You, Matthew Jackson. Why it, the three of you? What if I it, want to It's be not even a horror site. It's, <laughs> it's mental floss, which is kind of just like a, a list 
a listicle site, kind of? Oh, oh, Matthew Jackson is a freelance pop culture journalist yep. slash nerd for hire. I can picture the, Brandon described <laughs> him to a T. Like a police artist could draw that guy based on Brandon's description. Yeah. Nailed yeah. It. Matthew Jackson's social media. I'm find this guy. <laughs> yeah, I already found Did him Did at on least Twitter. any of the Anne Rice's get him? in there? Um, yeah, uh, Interview the Vampire did. Yeah, but it's way, uh, it's way like down it. at number 18. Yeah. Really? I oh, love yeah. that what? movie. Blade is about, at number 20. And what about Queen of the Damned, man? That, Jonathan yeah. Davis singing for Lestat. Hello. Is it on the list at all? No. It, what? But, but let's be completely honest. Now, that, here, one, that one probably shouldn't be. Here's one that... <laughs> like, I like it, but it's, let's, it's a turd of a movie. Here's one that came out about 10 years ago, and I'm going to admit, I've never seen it, but I, I remember reading like how critically acclaimed it was and everybody uh-huh. who saw it really thought it was a good vampire movie let the right one in <gasps> i love that movie is, is it's good right it is good yeah i've only heard that but it's number 21 on the list dang what we do in the shadows made it what we do what, in the again? shadows made it at 24 i mean it's not scary but it's a it's a great parody and it's oh, hilarious, I and I would put that in my top. I love that movie. Top, so, that might be my favorite vampire I'm so upset <laughs> because I had that sitting in my queue forever, and then when I went to go watch it, it was gone. Oh, no. It was one of those ones that I, I, I waited maybe a week too long, and it had just left the previous month, and I knew that because I went to Joanna's blog after the fact and saw what's leaving Netflix or, or uh-huh. Hulu or whatever Hulu. it was, and I'm like, damn it, this is why you need to follow Joanna's blogs mm-hmm. so that if mm-hmm. something is leaving Important. at the end of the month, Wait, you get gone? that in. Yeah, All of them? Well, what we do in the shadows. Well, it's, you have the, to pay the, the for movie, it now. The movie, not the TV show. Oh, okay. I was like, the TV show. I'm TV like, show is still available on Hulu. So I've yeah. gotten through like I, 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 I think I'm suffering from like the Brandon condition of there's so much stuff to watch. Oh, you just I think you say you're suffering from the Brandon condition of having a kid. <laughs> no, no. There's no, so no, much no, to watch. Let me see if I'm. Get, let me no. see if I'm describing it right. There's so much to watch. You're paralyzed. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't, It's like that's a great finally, way to describe I it. I finally yeah. committed last night. Because remember how Buzz had those, what'd you call them, Netflix dice? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and you roll the dice, and whatever, and you know you go down yeah. so many, and then you go over so many. But what I'm going to do is I, I have my queue, and I flip through it. There's like a hundred things in there. And I'm just going to pick a random number, and I'm going to scroll to whatever that one is, and I'm going to start watching that thing. I started last night, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Okay. okay. Is that about, uh, oh, crud, what's that dude's the, name? Is, is the Sasha, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen? Baron Cohen's yeah. In, yeah. And Abby uh, Hoffman. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Abby Hoffman's yes. in it. Yes, it's it about Abby Hoffman. You going to watch it? So yeah, I started it last night. And it's a series or a movie? It's a movie. Oh, and uh, also, oh. going back to the kid moment here, apparently I terrified her with Thriller over the weekend. The Michael Jackson we watched the whole. Uh-huh. We watched the whole thing. Because remember, I couldn't watch it when I was a kid. terrifying as a child. Yeah. This came out when I was, I think, four. And any time this would pop up on MTV, I would run out of the room and hide under the kitchen table. I wouldn't change the channel. I just ran out of the room. So I, I'm thinking, my, my kid was trying to be all tough. Like when it was over, she goes, people really get scared by that? And then towards the end of the night, when it's time to go to bed, she's going upstairs. Mom, will you come upstairs? And she wouldn't admit it to me, but she admitted it to my wife. That she was afraid She was like, yeah, Michael I didn't Jackson. like that stuff. And I, because I was, what I was doing is I was going to pause the, the video at a certain point where it shows Michael Jackson as when he first pops up as a zombie. And then I was going to have my wife take a picture of me hiding under the kitchen table to be like, and I was going to send that to my mom to be like, look, Brandon hasn't grown up. And I guess as I was fast forwarding, rewinding that one scene, my kid was just, she's sitting next to me, losing it, like covering her face, couldn't watch it. 
terrified her. You should have told her, you're a little girl, not a little boy. There's nothing to be afraid of with yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> let, let me just go through the list. Back to this list. Joanna, Where did Lost Boys land on Lost Boys is number 13. Let me just go down the list, and since you're kind of like the horror, uh-huh. the big horror fan here, you just tell me if you've, you've heard of these. So number five is Horror of Dracula, uh, 1958. That was the first one that Christopher Lee okay. played Dracula in. Number six is a 1971 movie called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Okay. Number seven is from 1972. It's called Blackula. <laughs> nice. You know you what know also what? isn't on this list? Dr. Acula. These are in chronological order. These aren't in order of they're the best. They're in chronological. That's why it started with Nosferatu. Oh. oh. No, I said the top. They're not ranked. Yeah, they're not ranked. They're, they're Just, in car- chronological order. Well, you still miss Bordello of Blood. How about this one, Joanna? It would have been wedged in right there at number 20 between The Addiction and Blade. Let me let me skip some of these. Number 11 uh, is The Hunger. Did you ever see The Hunger? Oh, yeah. That's, that's that a classic. A number 12 is Fright Night, the 1985 Fright one. Night. That's a great one. Love it, yeah. Oh, Brewster, you're so cool. <laughs> Don't I sound like the the, dude, the guy's friend the from friend. Fright Night? Right. Mm-hmm. Number 13 is Lost Boys. Lost number, Boys. Number 14 from 1987 is Near Dark. That's a great vampire movie. Near Dark? Yeah, Near Dark. I've never seen it. It really is good. Uh, number 15 is Vampire's Kiss. Nicolas Cage, uh, in 1989, made this movie called Vampire's Kiss. In 1992, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, this this makes so much more sense. They're yeah. just doing it in chronological oh. order. I like how we just spent 10 minutes bashing Trashing the, list, the guy, none right? none of us picked up on the fact that it was in chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the... What a- Jerk. The, this is Gary Oldman played Dracula. I love Gary Oldman as Dracula, especially when he's wearing those glasses and the top hat. Oh, I like it when his hair's on top, and then a couple years after that, they did a uh, Treehouse of Horror where Mr. Burns yeah. was <laughs> had the same look going on. Um, let's see. Uh, some more victims. 18. Uh, sorry, you're holding the button down. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Number 18, Interview with the Vampire from 1994. Blade. Oh. This makes so much more sense. We just trashed but, this guy. No, but they, well, they, the they did leave out big movies. They left out Thirty Days of Night. They left out uh, John Carpenter's Vampires, which yeah. is b- oh. bananas crazy. You That's remember that was, with James what Woods, year was isn't that? it? Yeah, and also that was like two thousand something. Uh, either Early? Daniel or Billy, one of the Baldwin. I think it was Daniel Baldwin was in that one. Um, anything else come to mind? As far as vampire movies go, ninety-eight was uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. And James Woods, Daniel Baldwin, Daniel, right? Dracula, Dead and Loving It. Oh yeah, because I love that movie. Is Leslie that a Leslie Nielsen? Nielsen yes. All right. <laughs> well, there's not a single Twilight. I'm trying to think. Are there any other great van? Oh, uh, you know what? Here's one that I thought was really good. Daybreakers. I was going to say, someone oh, just wrote... that's a good one. Someone just wrote on the Facebook, day, remember, Facebook Daybreakers. Remember when Ethan Hawke was here? Yeah. And I told, I had everybody come up, what's your favorite underrated Ethan Hawke uh-huh. movie? And we told Ethan Hawke, and I meant mine was day, Daybreakers. I didn't tell him mine because mine involved his ex-wife, and I don't uh-huh. really like bring Dang. that up. Dang. Which movie? Tape with Ethan uh, Hawke. And Uma was in it. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm watching a show on, I think, HBO called uh, The Good Lord Bird, which is about the life. And he plays, uh, Ethan Hawke plays John Brown, the abolitionist, in it. And it's like, oh, 
man, I got to meet that guy. <laughs> Do you ever see them and you're like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, you interviewed that guy. Sure. No, uh, no Twilights, however, in All this right. list of vampires. So and they no got Monster Squad. No. Dracula's in that. Monster Squad should be on there. No Hotel Transylvania. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Any one of the three. Daybreakers is a lot of fun. I like Daybreakers Good a lot. Movie. None of the Underworld movies. Oh, we just had there. somebody else to put from Dust Till Dawn. How did we forget that? Oh. Oh my God! If nothing else, I mean, even if the movie—I thought the movie was Selma pretty good. Hayek. Selma Hayek doing a strip tease with a albino boa constrictor <laughs> makes the top of the list. <laughs> I never actually uh-huh. saw Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, bad. Read the book and the uh, watch the movie. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I know I said we were going to go right into the news, and kind of we are. Uh, but I thought we would just start off with a segment talking about, uh, this is all related, Texas, the COVID situation. Just uh, Texas stuff. This the, is the, Texas ba- news. Yeah, okay, so we'll just do kind of like a Texas news here. Uh, all right, Lisa, what do you want to start with? Okay, what were our numbers again? Give them to me. I said 12. I mean, they were... I think you said 1220. 1220. I think I said 1450. Well, I guess this would count as good news then. El Paso County, we are continuing to break COVID records. Not in a good way, though. Uh, The Department of Public Health announced... 854 new cave cases. Okay. So how but sad it, but is that? But it was 1,500 on Sunday, right? Yeah, we go, oh, that's less than 1,000. Yeah. We're going to call that a win? We've got, and, and what is that? New, newly diagnosed right. cases? So these are new COVID cases as well as delayed results. So delayed results are at 239. So what that means is that's a private lab that uh, diagnosed someone as positive, but they're barely getting the results to the Department of Public Health. So it's private labs that are sending those in uh, for delayed. So, but yeah, so 854 new cases as of today. So um, yeah, I guess that's a win for us. Uh, but we are hitting other record highs, though. Hospitalizations in the area, they have increased to 908 people in the hospital, 223 patients currently in the ICU. Death toll is at 583. We announced three new deaths today, and one was a man in his 60s, two men in their 70s, all had underlying health conditions. We're now at 13,653 active cases in this area. This is in El Paso, uh, and this is from the El Paso Times today. Almost 900 people are in hospitals with COVID-19 right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, And when I say almost, I, I only have to round it up a little bit. The number is 892 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19. Uh, an addition of 39 patients since Monday according to the city-county public health data. So we've got this situation in El Paso going on where the Civic Center is being converted into a big uh, medical center. Right. They're going to have 50 beds. If they if they have to, they can put another 50 beds in there. We're not triaging yet like they are in Utah. So we found out that they're, they're in a situation in Utah. If somebody comes in and they're elderly with COVID and they come in with their young mm-hmm. and their COVID, they've got to make a decision. Are we mm-hmm. going to save the young person or are we going to save the old person? They're basically looking at which of the two is going to survive. Yeah. If we give this care to someone, are we going to give it to the elderly person who may or may not you know, respond to it or the young person who most likely will respond well to it? 
Uh, I mean, in a way, which that's is heart like heartbreaking to know and hear. Yeah, we can't put grandma on a ventilator because there aren't enough ventilators, and it she she might not survive. Whereas if we put this person, they've got a good chance of recovering. Yeah, if we if we use a ventilator in the treatment on them. That's almost like one of those death panels. Do you remember back in the Obama years, mm-hmm. Republicans? Oh, they're, Obamacare is going to have death panels where they take a look and see what your grandma's health is like and decide whether or not to kill. Well, guess what? Your nightmare scenario is kind of true, but it's not because of Obama, guys. I know what you're talking about, man. It all started with Barack Obama. What's that? The President COVID- Trump is saving us. The COVID-19? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that started. Seeing that Mike yeah. Pence scene again in Borat is just so shocking to see. There's only 15 cases in the U.S. Right. I was I'm shocked like, oh. not by the fact that right. he was dressed as Donald Trump and carrying a or girl over his shoulder. Got at, so far in with yeah. dressed up as a KKK member. <laughs> I got <laughs> to the bathroom. <laughs> I am I am Stephen Miller. Stephen I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the thing that was really shocking about that was at that Mike Pence was touting. How well we're doing, how much mm-hmm. we're controlling. We are this, so amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're so amazing. We're gonna we're gonna take care of this thing and I mean, I don't even think that was played for laughs in the movie. <laughs> that was just like what they were talking about, right? Yeah. They're like, This isn't a joke, but it I mean, good for us. Uh yeah. I mean, that was kind of shocking to see. Uh when it comes to the city in which we live though, um, there was a pretty contentious meeting that happened at city council. Um, talking about decisions about the pandemic and how we're responding. There was a proposal that was made over the possibility of requiring El Paso bars and restaurants to stop dining services completely for two weeks. That motion failed, though. It was presented by City Representative Peter Sparsbein. He made a passionate plea to leaders, um, saying that many assume that they're not doing enough to, in response to the pandemic in the area. Um, the mayor, DeMargo, pushed back on that idea, and said that local governments are limited by the governor and the city uh, can't restrict restaurants past 50% occupancy limits set in place by the governor. You know what sucks, though, is that like some of the restaurants you go to, it, it doesn't matter that it's 50% occupancy because there's only maybe three people in there. But then there's other restaurants that are just completely going against the social distancing and they're just packed full of people. So uh, these kind of restrictions. So would you say they're in violation? Oh yeah, totally. They're totally just are. they're just violating it and saying, oh, "Let's see if you have the manpower and the time to come out and actually enforce this." Yeah, test me, bro. I We're mean, going you- out, you cannot infringe on my rights. The only thing that sucks here is the fact that we're not allowed to do what we want to do. All right. I had questioned the wisdom of having a football games, so it turns out. Uh, they did play a game at uh, the Sun Bowl on Saturday. No. But, no, it was an away game. Mm-hmm. They were going to have one this week. Yesterday, the news was, well, they're going to have the game, but there aren't going to be any fans in the stand. And then in the course of just a few hours, I guess they've changed it now. The game is off. Do you feel yeah. like the other team was like, we don't want to go there? <laughs> that sounds terrible. Kind of like it. It was yeah. North Texas, so they, they would have been coming from Denison. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. if they turn the TV on and see that, How bad it is here. Well, because, yeah, think about it. They're probably thinking if we travel there, somehow get exposed to someone in that city. Bring it back to freaking North uh Texas. I'm going to bet probably money that they that's what happened is they said, nah, we don't need to go play them. 
Um, well, we got a call about this. All it says is we have David on the line and that the city's wrong. And honest to God, I don't know if he's saying the city's wrong because they're not doing enough or that they're doing too much. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's at that point. I don't know what when people... So, David, which, <laughs> which is it? Hi, David. Hello, <laughs> sir. What's hey. your answer? We, we're intrigued. So, okay, no, no. So what it is, is I, I think they're going about it the wrong way. What it is is that they're blaming bars, restaurants, um, and stores. What I work with with COVID patients every single day. You know, I haven't really had a day off in like the past month. Are oh, you wow. in the Are you in the medical field? I don't. I don't want you to yes. specify where you work, but in the medical field. Okay. Yeah, well, I work in the hospital, and I work with COVID patients every single day. And I caught COVID myself as well, but. If you ask the patients, every single one of them know exactly where they got it from, and they'll tell you it's a family member, or it's a friend, or a lot of them it's, it's coworkers. I got it from a coworker. Yeah. Um, so, but the, and the thing is, when, when the Department of Health calls you, they don't ask you, you know, if you know who who gave it to you, because a lot of the times they know who gave it to them. Mm-hmm. Instead, they'll ask you, "Where have you been this past week? Have you been to a restaurant? Have you been to a store?" And of course, they're going to say yes because everybody goes to a David. How can you know? And, and your opinion as a as a frontline worker would really matter to me. How do you know for sure that? I mean, you're when you say you got it from a coworker. At some level, it's still a guess, though, right? No, I, I mean, it, I'm very sure it, it was a coworker, and, and a lot of these people know where they're getting it from. Like myself, all I do is go to go to work, come back, maybe drop by a store or do mm-hmm. a drive through. And I mean, I, for since COVID started, I mean, I've been consistent, you know, hand sanitizer, the whole works because I have a family. But how do you that's, know, that's David, that you didn't get it from a patient? You said you work with COVID patients every day. How do you know that it was a coworker, not a patient? Because at the time, I mean, we we practiced everything, and what it was is that there's a, a particular person that I work with all the time, all the time, and we both started with the symptoms at the same time. We had the same patients at the same time. We we round in the same time, so I know, you know, that. You know, we probably got it from the, the coworkers that were around. Did you? Did they contact trace you? Did they call you and ask you the questions? Uh, yes, they did. Okay, so what are you say? They're asking the wrong questions. Well, give me an example. Right. Well, you see, because they're not asking you, "Hey, who do you know who you got it from?" No, instead they're asking you, "Do you know or uh, where have you been this past week?" And you know, they ask, "Have you been to a store?" Yes. Have you been to a restaurant? Yes. But so has like eighty percent of the city. In the past week, and but they're not asking you. Do you know where you got it from? Um, I'll, like I'll give you an example. Uh, there was a family of seven that caught it because of one of the, one of their family members. Uh-huh. And then additionally, and, and this is kind of probably you know, going off track, but I mean I don't know. You know, for example, if you have a COVID patient that tests positive, and you kind of want to see if it's gone away, if they still have it, or you know, because some people they need a negative to go back to work. Right. So. So what happens is some of these COVID patients will go for multiple tests. So when they start hearing about, like, you know, 1,400 new patients and all this, I don't know if it's completely true or not because a lot of these patients, people are coming back for multiple testing. Well, I'm interested, David, in your your opinion, what should the city be doing? I don't, I don't think it's the city. I, I think it's the people. People need to realize that when you have a symptom, take it seriously. Because the, the thing about our culture is, you know, you, you get a cough, oh, it's got to be whatever. Yeah. Oh, you have the sniffles. Oh, it's got to be allergies. Or, and you never think about the worst case scenario. I, you know, then I am a true El Pasoan because somebody said, hey, you know, you just sneezed. And I'm like, oh, it's seasonal allergy. <laughs> I mean, I got to go to work, right? I got I got well, uh, responsibilities. Have, but then you have people that do that. They go, oh, it's just allergies. They go to work for a few days and all of a sudden they get really sick because they have COVID. 
and they've infected an entire area. Well, and and now you know yeah, we're into flu season. Has anybody freedom. gotten their their flu vaccination yet? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Right. Good for you. I got it when I got my COVID test. It was a two-for-one special. I just went through the line twice. All right. Well, well, David, you're out there on the front line. We appreciate you taking a few moments. And, and how are you? How was your COVID experience? Were you? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Were you, you obviously survived, but how how bad was it? And do you have any lingering effects because of it? Oh, this is the, the scary part. Okay, I had no side effects at all. None. Oh, like symptoms? Not even symptoms. No, what had happened was once uh, once we found out my coworker was sick, then uh, you know some of us, a few of us actually got tested. Um, mm-hmm. I was at work when I got tested, and I came back positive, and I was surprised because I had no symptoms at all, none. So I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna you know I'm joking around about this, but I mean it's kind of true. I got nervous. I called everybody. Hey, how does this work? What do you get first? What happens? I and I was getting scared. I, and yeah. I bought medications. I bought. I was prepped for it. And the whole time, in the past two weeks, I have not experienced anything. The way I feel oh. now is the same way I felt the whole time I was in isolation. Well, thank, thank so goodness. Yeah, so it's scary because if you think about if 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 I didn't get tested, I would have spread it, you know, to mm-hmm. who knows how many people, you know, how many coworkers or how many yeah. how many family members. Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, talking to these these patients individually, they'll tell you, oh, you know, I thought my, you know, my my niece had. You know, it was a, an effect from the flu shot, or I thought she just had a cold. Mm-hmm. And they're not realizing, you know, they could have stopped it a long time ago by just isolating them. But no, they just, you know, they they refuse to believe yeah. it's COVID. And people, that's the reason why people don't want to get tested or go to the hospital, because they're gonna be like, well, they're going to find it. And I don't want, you know, I don't want, I don't it, want it to COVID. be right. They're, you yeah, know. And, and just people are stubborn. That's all it is. Understood, David. Thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, sir. All right, have a great one. I I actually wrote uh, an article. I don't think it's been posted yet, but maybe if we put a rush on it. But it's the uh, the contract tracing was showing where, according to the and we just heard from David there saying they're not even asking the right questions. But it was kind of interesting. Not the things that they're always kind of harping on. The things that they are always as an example. Um, Large gatherings. They always say, you know, avoid large gatherings. Well, according to the contact tracing, large gatherings is only the sixth most common way that people got uh, COVID-19. And this was tracing in El Paso earlier this month. Only 4% of the people who had COVID-19, the contact tracing found they got it from being a large gathering. And it was pretty surprising the things that were higher up on the list. Because they were not the things that uh, that you hear him talk about very often. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. The final four in Monster Madness concludes, so voting is going to end here soon. Uh, I want to get an update on that. Also, Joanna has asked if I can <laughs> fill in any blanks or shed any light on the the conspiracy that the two rednecks and the new. Uh, I'm sorry. The two gentlemen. The two gentlemen who took in Borat, the new Borat movie we're talking about. I like how you go, have you been reading up on that? No, I barely heard it in the Borat movie. Oh, you never, you're not, you're I've not. I've never heard that one. You don't know anything about Q and QAnon? I've and, heard of QAnon. Oh, okay, have that's you ever, a rabbit hole, Joanna. Oh, buddy. Have you, have you ever, does the word adrenochrome mean anything to you? No. What? <laughs> it's nuts. I'm telling you. And they're like, Isn't adrenochrome what they take in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Yeah. I mean, that's a fictional work, of course. I mean, it was based on something that Hunter Thompson wrote. But yeah, listen, I can give you... 
Have you seen that video? I went of, into a pretty deep dive finding out a lot about this. That doesn't stuff. surprise me. Have you seen that video of Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show going to a Trump rally? And this one woman goes, uh, somebody recently turned me on to QAnon. Mm. I don't believe a lot of it, but there's some of it that I do believe. And so Jordan asks her, well, what what part of it do you believe? And she goes, uh, that JFK is alive. JFK Jr. JFK Jr. Yeah. is alive and he's in the back of Trump, always behind Trump at the rally. Uh-huh. And he's also, that's what you believe, but the Rona the isn't real. The rest crazy. All right, you've only got a few more minutes, less than 20 minutes left to vote in the final four, so give me our matchups at Monster Madness, which you can find over at buzzadamshow.com. One of the matchups, we have Michael Myers taking on Pennywise. And then, of course, the other matchup, that's the one from the movie, Freddy versus Jason. And you got about uh, 15 minutes here that you can go vote. Just head on over to buzzadamshow.com. Um, it's two separate articles um, where you can go vote. And um, one of the matchups is really, really close. I would assume that Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers were probably pretty high seeds, probably number one seeds in their bracket. I started right? with, um, <clears throat> for the most part, for the most part, this was kind of random, pick of the draw, except I, I pulled the four big, the big four. That's, Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, Leatherface, right? Those are the kind of ones that you think of when it comes to horror movies. Well, Leatherface got bounced out by Pennywise. I think a lot of that had to do with the new uh, ver- uh, new movies. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt. Yeah, Pennywise is real top of mind. Leatherface. Somebody said that <laughs> one time they were driving through Kingland and they just remembered from... Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they made sure that they didn't stop and get gas or anything in Kingland. <laughs> yeah. All right, so in the new Borat movie, he meets up with these uh, gentlemen who take him in, I guess, let, let him live it, and then help him find his daughter and stuff. And uh, But they're, they're followers of online conspiracy theories. The best part, though, is when they're telling Borat that that the thing that he believes in is a conspiracy. Man, that's a that's that's conspiracy theory, dude. Oh yeah. But you you had never heard of this belief that. Okay, so he, here's what it is. Uh, back in like 2017, somebody on 4chan, and if you know anything about 4chan, you know your eyes are it's rolling crazy. already. Crazy. Yeah. So somebody on 4chan claimed that they were somehow in Trump's inner circle or in a high-ranking position and that they knew all this stuff. And Oh, that- and by the way, none of this is ever like actually confirmed. It's literally just somebody on the internet saying, hey, I have this connection. Well, it's never even been confirmed if this person actually exists or if it's different people or none of it's the identity, of course, hasn't been confirmed. But So this started out and the person claimed that they had this high... Uh, level security clearance called Q level. So that's where the name comes from. So oh. Q. Yeah. And so the person started saying okay, so here's what he was saying. President Trump is setting up, and this is why you've seen a picture of him with Jeffrey Epstein in the past, because this has all been his plan that's gone back for a long time oh. that he is going to make arrests. He's going to go arrest Hillary. He's going to arrest AOC. He's going to arrest Obama. 
And it kind of ties into the Pizzagate thing, which has been thoroughly debunked, but uh, the idea is that he's about to do this. And early on, when it was on 4chan, he would make specific predictions of a date. Okay, this is when the storm, and they call it the storm. That's when all these people are going to be arrested and rounded up, and they're going to save millions of kids who are not not only being abused, but actually being sacrificed in satanic rituals. If this is starting to sound familiar... These kind of, our children are being sacrificed by Satanists, goes back to the 80s, as in the 1380s. (laughs) (laughs) There was a satanic panic in the 1980s, but there's also this thing called the blood libel, which is, through the Middle Ages, people would accuse, there'd be a small community of Jewish people, and a rumor would get around that the the Jews are kidnapping Christian children and sacrificing them. Mm. So this idea of evil others sacrificing people has been around for a thousand years or more. So anyway, he'd make predictions on specific dates. Well, those dates would come and nothing would happen. And that's why now he's a, he or they, because again, we don't know if it's one person, if it's multiple people, mm-hmm. uh, they'll just, their predictions are a lot more vague. Okay. But listen. There are thousands, possibly millions, of Americans who identify with this and believe the whole thing. I mean, it sounds laughable, right? It does. That there's, and that it matches up so much with the satanic panic of the 1980s and the blood libel that goes back to the Middle Ages. To the rational mind, it's like, well, that's such an extraordinary claim. Can you please offer some evidence? There is right. no evidence. They're all like... Look, it's we don't there. need it. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need it, but it's there. But, but you just got to have faith, bro. As yeah. the president said, it's going to take a lot to convince people like you, I guess. I have a friend who's who's over his head in this stuff, and I'm not going to say who it is, but I'll say he's got a big. I'll see on Facebook he's got a big announcement coming up, and the big thing is it's about to happen. It's it's happening, uh-huh. guys. It's about to happen. Of course, it doesn't happen. The storms are coming. Right, the storm's coming. So the I'll see that my friend's putting this up there, and all I'm S- thinking storm. is is like, if I were a good friend, I would <laughs> step in. Mm-hmm. I well, I don't know. I'd get him to seek professional counseling of some kind. I think. <laughs> no, I'm serious, right? I mean, it's he's a friend. Really? Yeah. If it were a family member, I would definitely be like. Bro, you set him to the side it. like, hey, are yeah. you okay? Uh, so he'll make predictions. The predictions won't come true. And then the very next day, he's on there saying, oh, but it's about to. <laughs> you know, it's just it's, they just keep coming. kicking the just can down the road. And I'm telling you, I've, I've verbally sparred, I guess you would say, online with Have some you? of these you people. Have you? Really? Never. Plus, I would never imagine you. I am shooketh. And it, it, <laughs> it takes me a few back and forths before I realize they're not trolling. They've actually internalized this. And now they believe it. And you see these QAnon stuff showing up in some scary places. A lot at Trump rallies. You'll always see some signs. But also law enforcement at some of these things. You'll see police in riot gear and they'll be wearing like a Q or something they'll be wearing a WWG1WGA so look for that it that sounds means like you just wait, did a I, SKU I've, number I've like, heard that you you have heard I've that heard about re- referred that. you're right so that means where we go one we go all first of all grammatically what? it makes that, no sense yeah that hurts to <laughs> right. even 
say. So their slogan is, where we go one, we go all. And you will see, you know, heavily armed law enforcement in their riot gear uh-huh. with this slogan. And you're like, if they believe that, what do they think about, you know, Black Lives Matter advocates? Or what do they believe, activists, what do they believe about, you know, that that is a pretty serious position of authority for somebody to believe right. something that is Barkingly insane. I mean, howl at the moon levels of crazy. I haven't checked Facebook, but I'm sure I'm getting a lot of kickback right now because there are that many people that believe it. By the way, mm-hmm. I had to mention, uh, so if you if you watch Fox, if you only are in that Fox News, OAN, Breitbart bubble, and you don't get your news anywhere else, you think that the biggest story in the world right now is Hunter Biden's computer because that's all they're doing. They're trying to... This is going right. to be the big thing like Hillary's emails that, that might have cost Hillary the election. First and foremost, if you believe this, you're believing that somebody linked to high-ranking officials in the United States government not only keeps a lot of this crap on a, on a pretty busted-up laptop, but then takes it to a random company to get it fixed as opposed to having their own IT person take a right. look at it. Like this, there are so many holes in this story okay. that it's it's absolute lunacy. We're, we're a little short on time. Do you want me to come back and get into the oh, Hunter thing? Oh, hell yes. There is a yes, reason, there is a that, reason that reputable news sources are not covering this story. Of course, that's part of the conspiracy to the because QAnon the people. the mainstream yeah. media. Look, mm-hmm. they're not covering it. it because there's a reason reputable news organizations aren't covering it but if you are in that fox news bubble it's all you're hearing oh it's happening and i was listening to like i'll tune it around on uh the satellite on the way and i'll listen to a little msnbc i'll listen to a little potus uh which is another political channel i'll listen to fox news fox news there is no other story in the world other than hunter's emails which i guess we're on a laptop that he dropped off to a random computer guy. Oh, by the way, the computer repairman is legally blind. <laughs> so okay. he says, I'm pretty sure it was Hunter that dropped it off, but I'm <laughs> legally blind. This is what the far-right Trump media is all in on at this point. And it only and the thing I heard this morning, I, ha- I laughed out loud. I did. Oh, okay. I-L-O-L. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, so I was in the process of explaining the entire QAnon conspiracy. I don't like. I feel like it gives conspiracies a bad name because it's just such a bad one. (laughs) I was given uh, Joanna the rundown because you saw those guys in the Borat movie, and they seem to believe in the demonic drinking of blood and all this stuff. And Hillary Clinton's about to go to prison and stuff. It's, it's probably it's probably not true. What you were asking about? You were at, there was something else you were asking about though too. About the JFK Jr. always being behind Trump at the rallies. He's alive and he's attending Trump rallies and he's always standing behind Trump. I, you know, I don't know how this got started, but at one of these, at some point, Q, who if that's an individual or a person or if they even exist at um, all, must Q have, is the dude that gives James Bond all this cool stuff, man. Isn't Q also the guy on Star Trek Next Generation that would show up and, and F with him every now and then? <laughs> I don't know. Never watched. Never watched Star Trek Next Generation. Star what? Trek. Nerd. 
don't watch it. So so anyway, this this somehow got folded into the whole thing, and now these QAnon people are. Re- oh yeah, JFK Jr. is still alive, and he's on Trump's side because I, I don't know. Somebody must have said it, and I guess if you're in for a in for a dime, in for a dollar, right? So, <laughs> but over on Fox News, you you would think that the only there are only two stories they're covering on Fox. Mm-hmm. Hunter Biden's email and why the rest of the media aren't covering Hunter Biden's email. And that's about it. So I, I was right. listening. I go over to Fox News on my way in this morning mm-hmm. on the satellite. And sure enough, they're talking about Hunter Biden's emails, but they're referring to, like, if you follow, rep, you know, ABC News, NBC News, they're not perfect, but they're reputable. Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, any of those, you probably don't know the name uh, Tony Bobolinsky. Wasn't he one of the um, dudes from Welcome Back, Cotter? Hey, I'm Tony Bobolinsky. Bobolinsky. Yeah, right? <laughs> this no? is a guy who, Who's this dude? One of the sweat hogs? He's supposed to be like the the deep throat of the whole Hunter Biden conspiracy. Oh. and he. So they're talking about him... Well, he held a press conference and only... Only that Fox News bubble with Breitbart and OAN covered it, of course. They have like 100 seats and there's like three guys there with their <laughs> microphones out. And he's, he was talking about Jim Biden knew about this and he laughed and he said it's because of plausible deniability. And Jim Biden did that. And I'm like, these idiots, don't they know it's Joe Biden? I was about to ask, who's Jim Biden? So the whole thing that they're screaming at the who's top Jim? of the lungs, they're, that's what I thought, too. It's like, are they so delusional they don't know his name is Joe? So I'm, I only listened to enough before I got here to work to figure out, oh, the guy had this press conference, and he is saying Hunter Biden and Joe's brother Jim. So the the guy that he was accusing of being part it's not even joe it's joe's brother jim okay right (laughs) right so it's like whoever oh it was uh those idiots uh fox and friends so they're like you can't i can't believe that this dereliction of duty the media is not reporting on this major uh announcement about the announcement is this bob bobarinsky talking or whatever the sweat hog. Yeah, yeah. They're not reporting on this. This is damning for Biden. Jim Biden, <laughs> they're talking about. Oh, so that, that's their smoking gun. That's why it's all a conspiracy, and apparently we're part of it by not talking about this. But as long as it makes sense in your head, right? Isn't that kind of how this stuff goes? Don't you remember the Simpsons episode when the bears showed up, and then they get the bear patrol out there, and Homer starts to think, like, oh, the bear patrol's working. <laughs> <laughs> that comes into my head every single time i see people post all this all these things that randomly make sense in their own head where there is no connection no i mean there's no connection that's been proven you can make the connection in your head all you want so trump himself I, i he doesn't believe any of this i mean I don't. I don't. I think he's one of the dumber presidents we've ever had. But I don't think he, he's so dumb that he believes any of this stuff. He's probably laughing at all of you for he, believing that. I would bet any amount of money. <laughs> that, look that at those losers. But but he won't. 
say that. In fact, like, he'll he'll they're phrase they're my them. losers. Yeah, so and he'll say they're they're patriots. I shall protect them like my baby. They're very concerned about <laughs> missing children, so he won't he won't deny the rumor because he I think he thinks it's helping him, but it's only helping him with these people who are so far on the fringe that pre-internet these people would have been so marginalized. They just would have been walking around with tinfoil hats on their head. But thanks to the internet, they Does find... Does your friend have a tinfoil hat? Hey, they work. I, what? I assume. <laughs> um, are you going to interfere with your friend's thing? Like, now I'm concerned for your friend. Am I going to do like an Joanna's intervention? Like, are they well? An intervention. Nah. I me? like to, you know, just watch the world burn. It's so. not Nico, is it? No, it's not Nico. Okay. Are you going to... Get worried about that kid sometimes. No, no, no. Nico's. I mean, Nico's got a lot of. <laughs> Nico's got a. Nico's got a lot of problems, but he's his head. He, he doesn't have a screw. Yeah, he doesn't have a screw. Yeah, so. he's intelligent. <laughs> we trust him. He's got issues elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that is what uh, some people believe, and in fact, uh, it looks like the woman who's going to win one of the congressional races is uh, like is a full-on Q- QAnon supporter, so it looks like we're going to have representation. I think Georgia is going to elect this woman. But again, you need to believe, if you believe these Hunter Biden stories about these emails and this laptop, you have to believe that he took his laptop to a random-ass computer repair <laughs> shop left it there, forgot it... Or didn't bother to come pick it back up. Or didn't bother to pick it up, and also had hundreds of thousands of incriminating things on there, which some people have claimed includes him smoking crack and diddling kids. Like, that's how far this thing goes. It goes even even further than that. You've got to assume that the guy who is just like... he says himself that he's legally blind, so he couldn't be sure that it was Hunter Biden who dropped it off. But this legally blind computer repair shop owner decided to get into the hard drive, and that's when he decided, you know who I'm going to with this? Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to Rudy Giuliani. Which and brings give him us this back a- to Borat, the movie. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it all, it all kind of ties in. Borat, the, the new Borat movie. Rudy is the Giuliani of all this stuff. Just go watch the the documentary City of Fear. What is it about? The one on Ma- on the mafia on Netflix, and uh-huh. it, it showed like Rudy Giuliani was a great guy. Remember? Oh my God! Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Like Remember when dude. he was hailed as a hero? America's like mayor. How great he was. Yeah. Now look at him. Um, now look at him. Rudy Giuliani could have gone down as one of the greatest Americans of all time. You know, after, if he'd have retired when yeah. he was no longer mayor of New York, if he'd have retired. His Quietly. reputation would be sterling. And now he's out there defending Trump with his teeth falling out of his mouth. Tucking his shirt in while laying down. <laughs> on his bed, trying to get his microphone off with his hands in his pants for some reason. That scene is so cringy. Somebody just commented in the Facebook chat, by the way. They're trying to find out who the friend is. Can we say it? I'm not going to confirm or deny anything. Okay, well, this person says, <laughs> this admitted it's David Rodriguez. <laughs> I am not going to either confirm or deny. (laughs) By Homer's rationale, it's David Rodriguez. Look, I like David. He's a decent enough guy. But following that dude on Twitter, it is 
Just stay true to your heart. It's a whirlwind, man. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's he's David. He's consistent. <laughs> he sells some cool merch. And then, and somebody called. Somebody called the friend that I'm talking about, and I'm not confirming that it's who you said or anybody, but <laughs> somebody accused them of being a troll. Why? And I said, I don't think they're a troll. I think they legitimately believe it. Believe I think they're it. very sincere in what they believe. I mean, the friend that I'm talking about, sometimes he's on the verge of tears because he's talking about this. You know, the you children. Made him that cry? Are, you no, made no, no, David no. Rodriguez cry? I'm not saying say, that. No, I'm not even God. saying that. It's to, God damn you are guys. such a horrible human being for making David Rodriguez. No, no, cry. he's no. going to punch say, you out, sir. He is. The friend that I'm I've talking about fights. does these. He's very. Yeah, David is very passionate when he talks. Yeah. I would not accuse him of being a troll. Now Trump is a troll because he'll he'll play footsie with the people who believe this, but there's no way that he believes this. Garbage. I just envisioned one of those interviews where Trump is sitting across from him playing footsie with the news reporter, like he's actually sticking his foot out, playing with their foot, making eye contact with them. The look whole time, at my, like, eh? look at me, look at me. Eh? Well, you could definitely believe it about Rudy now, couldn't you? Well, yeah, because he'd be <laughs> leaning back anyway to take oh, a shirt geez. in. <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't. Whistling Dixie while his teeth fall out of his face. You can give me your address and your phone number. <laughs> Take off my microphone. Um, so, so yeah, anyway, over at Fox, they're really trying to make this that hard. That was but, a whirlwind buzz. Le, and Thank let me you tell you something. Have, have, has there ever been a case where somebody who was a president or vice president had a relative who was kind of embarrassing and did some stuff trying to kind of cash in on the family name? Yes, oh, of course. Every celebrity. That's happened a lot. Uh, Jimmy Carter, who is seen as one of the, you know, you can disagree on how good a job he did as president, but he's seen as uh-huh. one of the most honest and moral people ever to hold. He had Billy, and if you think it's just Billy Beer is all that Billy Carter was about, Billy went over with a delegation of businessmen to Libya when we were, we had already designated Muammar Gaddafi a terrorist, and he went over and met and accepted a loan of several hundred thousand dollars, mm. you know, while his brother was president. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Richard Nixon had Donald Nixon, who did all this different shady stuff. I mean, it was trying to cash in on the family name. Hunter Biden getting a job in the energy sector that he apparently had no qualifications for. Sure, everybody, I think, agrees that that was a little shady, but it goes in hand with presidents Ivanka having Trump working at the White House. Pardon? Ivanka Trump working at the Well, White I was going to say then Jared you've got Donald Christian. Trump. I think every one of his kids except presumably Baron <laughs> is the embarrassing relative. I mean, the truth is Trump, Trump himself is the embarrassing relative. He's the relative. He's the he's the embarrassing relative, but none of the apples have fallen far from the tree except my fingers are crossed for Baron. You know, yeah. I hope he turns out good. Because the others, uh, mm-hmm. no. Uh, all right, let's take this a break. Great. Thank you. Yeah, do you feel like you know a little bit about the Q phenomenon? I do, yeah. I do you feel smarter or stupider because of it? <laughs> I feel drained. Yeah, right? It's just exhausting. It's exhausting. It really is. I feel like I just ran a marathon. Uh, stay, away from, stay away from social media. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Joanna has entertainment news on the way. Uh, We'll have that coming up in just a moment from my email. I would not have, I think this is talking about my explanation of what QAnon claims to be and what they claim. It says, I would not have spoken about the story like you did, 
because at least you would not have to lie about 98% of it. We will wait on the real news outlets to report and the DOJ, that's Department of Justice, to take action. It's not at all funny what they got caught doing. Maybe one day you will look back and see how wrong you were. Well, here's the thing. Nobody's seen the, the actual laptop because that's not being shared. The New York Post did the story. The guy who wrote the story only did it on the condition that his name not be included in the byline. Uh-huh. And, like, the credible reporting on it is that th- this really looks like the Russians have bamboozled Rudy again. So if you go to, like, a legitimate... The New York Post is the is the tabloid that's famous for... <laughs> they had a headline, uh, Headless Body Found in Topless Bar. So in New York, the New York Post is known as the one that comes up with just, like, these wacky but sometimes very hilarious headlines for their stories oh yeah new york times is asked can well can we see this damning hard drive uh-huh. no we're not going to share it with you <laughs> <laughs> rudy didn't send it anywhere except for the new york post so i mean what does that what does that tell you but yeah we'll wait until the the doj gets to the bottom of this all right thanks for the feedback <laughs> You ready for some entertainment news? Yeah. All right, let's do it. With her finger on the pulse of Hollywood and everything going on in the world of entertainment, here's Joanna Barbie. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. A live studio audience will once again fill the seats on the set of the Ellen DeGeneres show. Starting with today's show, 40 fans will be seated in the talk show's audience section alongside 70 virtual attendees. The return to live audiences may be happening just in time for the show's Halloween week, but strict pandemic-related health and safety protocols will help ensure that the coronavirus gives no added spooks to the guests. Audience members will also be invited to the winter holiday season uh, episodes where they do the 12 days of giveaways. So they'll all get free stuff. Ellen does that? Yeah, Mm -hmm. she does. Man, she just ripped off Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> right? It she totally does, is. She does her whole big, the, the, the 12 Days of Christmas thing that's huge because she'll invite um, an audience back that's maybe in the in the crowd for a July taping. And then she goes, and you guys are all coming back for the 12 Days of Christmas. And so that's what everybody gets excited for because you get like thousands and thousands of dollars of stuff. Mm-hmm. It sounds amazing. Just for showing up, yeah. My goal was always to go to one of the 12 <gasps> Days shows. Let's do it. We should try I to do go. that. Yeah, especially now that they're we only making it to 40. We can on the stairs. That always looks fun. Buzz, you down for dancing with Ellen? Can I look at her? Yeah. <laughs> Not in the eye. Not in the eye? Yeah. All right. Keith Rainier, the convicted leader of the sex cult in Nexium, has been sentenced to 120 years in prison. I think they actually pronounce it Nexium. I mean, Nexium. it's a weird spelling, and they got... The- Joanna's just trying to help out the uh, heartburn medication, Nexium, just so <laughs> like... Def- to differentiate Yeah, it differentiate right. a little bit. Sponsor me, Nexium, because I get a lot of bad heartburn. There you go. Rainier has been accused of creating a secret female-only society within Nexium called DOS, where women were kept as slaves who were assigned to have sex with him. The women were branded with his initials, restricted to low-calorie diets, and were forced to hand over nude photos of themselves. Wait, so they, he was having sex with them? Yes. See, I thought that was part of it. Yes. I didn't think it was just a like a human trafficking. No. I think part of it was, you he know. He was also doing it. Right. Because what's uh, the point of being a cult leader, really? At the, 
At the sentencing, a total of 15 victims made statements, including one victim who said she was treated like a piece of meat and a brainwashed sex slave. Another woman said she was punished by Rainier when she broke her 400-calorie-a-day diet by eating <laughs> pumpkin seeds. A 400-calorie-a-day diet? Mm-hmm. Oh. Rainier's attorneys were asking for 15 years, and ahead of the sentencing had said Rainier unapologetically maintained his complete innocence. Battle so there, there were a few celebrities. One of them was uh, one of the co-stars on Supergirl who was caught up in this. And mm-hmm. I, there's another name that I remember. Like, I think her mom was known as an as a... Like oh, a, from Dynasty. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. So the daughter of that. But apparently once he got some of the celebrities, their their deal was to reach out to other bigger celebrities and try and get them get them into get it. them into it. Battlestar Galactica actress Nikki Klein, who is married to Smallville actress Allison Mack, one of the leaders of the Nexium cult, was spotted at the courthouse to show support for Rainier, who, despite disturbing allegations and charges, still has a number of supporters who were present at the sentencing. Wait, so the the small the Smallville's was it Smallville? Yes, Smallville. Okay. Her, Her wife Oh, she, she has a wife? She has a wife. Okay, I was a little confused by that for <laughs> that a second. That can happen, okay. Buzz. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Her wife was there to show support. Mac Support can, for? For Rainier. For, for the cult leader. <laughs> for the cult leader. <laughs> Is she in the cult? <laughs> no, but her wife was sentenced. Well, she hasn't been sentenced. She pleaded guilty. But she probably won't. She probably won't get 120. No, but she has yet to be sentenced. Okay, wait, Buzz, just say all back to me real quick. I want to make sure you understood it. (laughs) There was a girl who was on a Superman show. Okay, and she got into this cult. Okay, where she would have sex with the cult leader, who's a guy. Sure, and try and get other women to join. Yes, Uh and she's married to a woman. Yes. And the the woman she was married to was at the court <laughs> yes. supporting the cult leader. Yes. I don't yeah, know why I was it. confused. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Perfectly straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic has spawned a new job on Hollywood sets, the COVID-19 compliance supervisor. The role was created under an agreement last month between entertainment unions and an alliance of producers as part of the terms for Hollywood's return to production. Production and crew members used to working on crowded and messy sets are now having to adapt to new arrangements and are looking to compliance supervisors to keep them safe and keep productions going. The demands of the job are big, like sanitation, testing, safety equipment, and distancing. Cast and crew are split into different zones based on the frequency of testing and ability to wear masks. The compliance supervisor is responsible for making sure these groups don't mix and has to intervene if crew members and crowd crew members crowd together and masks slip. The compliance supervisor is also responsible for training other crew members, such as first assistant directors, so they can pass on safety directions to their units. Uh, critically, this person has the power to stop a production if there are concerns about safety and has the ability to discipline or even fire safety protocol violators. So where are they recruiting these people for these kind of there jobs? There are different companies that offer uh, these supervisors do the supervisors need to have some kind of medical background or some experience is required, but I guess not totally necessary. And that's a new job in Hollywood. If Does you it say it. what what it pays? <laughs> I saw it. Hey, put your mask on. Yeah, you get George to just Clooney. You get to yell at people. 
<laughs> you and Christian Bale just go at it, yeah. yelling at each other. Right. Can you imagine <laughs> telling Put Christian our Bale? Mask on. Oh, that'd be great. Anyways. And finally, in a movie full of appearances by QAnon conspiracy theorists, far-right radicals, and a handsy Rudy Giuliani, 62-year-old Janice Jones comes out of Borat 2 looking like a star. Saint. Mm -hmm. Like a saint. Saint, A star and a saint. Jones appears in the film as a hired babysitter for Borat's daughter, Tutar. Jones has earned fans for showing empathy toward Tutar, assuring her she does not need plastic surgery to attract a man in opposing Borat's decision to marry Tutar off to an older man. I was a little surprised when she gave back the the ball and chain uh, that Borat came to get. Yeah, right? You know? I'm sure I, she kept it. That's yeah. when she's all he goes, will you be my new black wife? <laughs> no, I will not no, be your new black not. wife. Well, Jones gave an interview to the New York Post in which she said she feels betrayed by the Borat 2 filmmaking team as she was led to believe that she was taking part in a real documentary about a teenage girl being groomed to marry a rich man. Jones, If she really believed it was true, did she ever go to the authorities? That's a good point. I, I don't know. I, maybe they, they, I mean, she seems like a... Maybe they told her, like, you can't interfere in any way, but you could give her some advice. I mean, because I, then Lisa has this story over at BuzzAdamShow.com, and Lisa has like receipts. She has actual Facebook posts from Janice, where she's thanking everyone for their support and how she she actually enjoyed the experience on there. Yeah, and so apparently, so she's not suing or anything. No, she's no. not suing. Oh, no, okay. they have a GoFundMe started for her actually because her pastor, yes. I guess, is the one who hired her. So they asked um, someone at the church, "Hey, we need someone to play like a an older grandmother figure to this girl." And they do casting at church. Well, no, that's what they did. They, like the, the like casting the, person, the crew approached the church, like, "Hey, do you know anybody who would fit this type of character?" And they they led the crew to Janice. Janice. Yeah. yeah, and so they she was hired for it, um, and they've actually started to go fund me. They said she wasn't hired; she only got like three grand, I think Joanna yep. said, for that role. But she so lost a, her job so due a, to COVID, so she's not making any money right now. So they actually have a GoFundMe that they started for her. Because, so she was getting paid to be in the movie. Yeah, she yeah. got paid but for her. She her, thought it was real. But she thought it was a real documentary. Yeah, and so and she and the, her pastor even says, "Bless her heart." He's like, she's been praying at church for this young girl <laughs> that she thought was in this situation. So probably, yeah, she feels a little bamboozled because she's been praying. But in reality, now I, I think the GoFundMe is at like ten grand right now mm-hmm. to help her. So I mean, good something good's coming out of it for her. All right. And with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barber. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Let me ask you a question. Did you enjoy the weather yesterday? I mean, it would suck if you had to be out in it, but (laughs) just as far as being inside and seeing it snowing down. Yeah, I made muffins. My house felt cold, so instead of turning my heater up, I was like, yo, oh I'll use the oven. I was thinking it was so cold in my house, and I was like, oh, man, why is the thermostat not work? I guess when I went on vacation, Nico had <laughs> set it back to the to the air conditioning because it was warm. It was 56 degrees in my house. Yeah, and I had to go back and put it back on heater. Yeah, it's, 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 it was cold in my house, too, because I got up for work, and it was like 61 degrees. I was like, oops, sorry, Tubby. Add some extra blankets. I'll be home later. So we're we're uh, 
I was trying to explain to uh, Joanna what the the Ayo. QAnon phenomenon is, and we're getting a few comments from from people who I guess who are allegiant to Q who are telling us we don't know what we're talking about. But anytime somebody says, "Well, explain it," they're saying. Brandon wrote a, I think he wrote a whole post about this. When somebody on the internet tells you, "Do your own research," do your own research. Yeah. What does that actually mean? Uh, Do the research I did so that you can believe what I believe. Boom. It means that I went to YouTube. I found a bunch of videos that just reinforced the things that I already believed. So that makes it a fact now. It it doesn't even mean research. It means go watch the stuff that I watch mostly on YouTube, but maybe social media and come away with the same conclusion I did or else you did your research wrong. It's just ridiculous. It's like people who watch that documentary, I think, documentary very loose in quotations. The loose change one? No, the one out of the shadows, I think is what it's called. And it's all about the big pedophile um, conspiracy Hollywood something or other and, and like look we know that there's obviously there's creeps in Hollywood yeah. this is this is not anything that anybody is going to deny we know there are networks of these creeps who share like kitty stuff online and stuff they, they absolutely but exist the, but the stuff that's claimed in that documentary it's based in zero fact there is nothing to actually back it up other than well I saw this which makes me think of this, which then now makes this real. And that's that's not how you can come to an actual conclusion in something. Now I'm confused. I wonder if, <laughs> right? if the people who were like the, oh, Bush was behind 9-11, are those some of the same people who are now into the QAnon thing? Probably. So it's just, it's just the faulty reasoning that, they, that gets them. Well, not a, not necessarily things, a political viewpoint because Bush was a Republican, right? Well, because one of the things that you can also look at is a lot of these conspiracy theories where it has to do with people in power doing things to children. Nobody in their right mind is ever going to say that that's okay, right? Of course There's not, not a single person who's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's not that big a deal. Every person's going to disagree with that. Well, I mean, Trump, but then what they Trump did is, wish... Ghislaine Maxwell well. well that's about and, close, and, and every right? other woman he runs into is a horrible, horrible woman. Yeah. But then what they can claim is, oh, well, so you don't, uh, you, you think this is okay for them to do? You don't, th- you don't have an issue with them doing things to children? It's like, dude, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is you're making massive leaps here that don't make any sense whatsoever. Well, and then I'm every sure time I- we tell people, like people in the, in the damn Facebook chat and they do all say, oh, well, I've called him before and... Oh, yeah, Brandon's just daring people to call oh, in. Oh, yeah, please, call. for the love yeah. of Christ, call in. Hey, oh, that's all I want today. Back. But Buzz is mean to me Well, sometimes. that's the thing. Like, so, look, Bilbo was banned from the Facebook chat because he was making some seriously inflammatory comments um, about people on the show, about people in the chat. And his, and his account is just a dummy account and, anyway. Yeah, so. and it's, so he's about created a new account. About me or who? Everybody. Oh, I thought it was just about Buzz. No, I think it was pretty much about everybody. He doesn't like Eric. Yeah. Well, and it's, and, and, <laughs> Who's and Eric? It was a guy from the Facebook chat. Oh. The regular. Yeah. So, and it's just, it's, it's, it's Big Chiefs fan. And it's like, hey, oh, okay. look. Yeah. And it's like, look, man, I have no problems if there's going to be civil discourse. If you have an opinion, if you, if you want to have a discussion, by all means. But the second name call, like I've had to mute Eric multiple times because he gets all cranky. Are you saying that our kids See, are getting out Bilbo, of line? Uh, Eric, Eric can get a little edgy sometimes. Bilbo, you sure. jackass. He's sitting there saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brandon when he does that. 
God. Well, because look, I was about to say I'm going to let is, your... This is the definition of feeding a troll, guys. I'm going to let your secondary <laughs> account you go, but now but it's Brandon like... Brandon doesn't do it every day, but... Now you're gone. Yeah. Now you're banned again. Congratulations. Go start a new account. I was almost feeling nostalgic yeah. there for a little bit, you know? How right. Did he tell you guys, it's me? Well, Bill I'm says back. that he's called and that I was mean to him or whatever, so... Uh. Oh, Buzz doesn't like. <laughs> he talks over me. Like I kind of have to conduct. You know, if it's a call-in, I kind of have to conduct the call-in. I can't just give you thirty minutes of ad-free airtime. I don't know what you expect. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, we're into the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show, also known as the El Paso Hour. Although I'm sure we have. Listeners sticking around. I know for a fact we do have listeners sticking around via the mobile app or over at KLAQ.com, BuzzAdamShow.com. Also, our feed on Facebook stays up until 10 o'clock Mountain Time. So, everybody's more, more than welcome to join us here in this this 9 o'clock hour. And I think uh, Steve is on today, right? Yes. All right. We've got a few things uh, to talk about here. Deal with it. Deal with it. I mean, the World Series was decided last night, but but that's not what I want to lead off with. Steve, I want to talk about the minor game for Saturday uh, being, being called off. And that must have happened relatively late because the newspaper headline this morning in the, in the physical printed newspaper says that the game is still on but with but they're not going to have uh, fans in attendance so how late did that did that final word come down yesterday we received word just after six o'clock uh, about five or you know five or ten after six that's when um, the initial um, word had come in on Twitter and then I had to uh, make a couple of uh, you know, calls just to get it confirmed, and within about five or ten minutes, the story was confirmed. So right after six o'clock last night. All right. So, good morning, by the way, Buzz. Good morning, Steve. Who made the decision? It was it was pretty much North Texas decided they didn't want to come, so we Correct. had no choice but to but to call off the game. Exactly. Well, actually, it wasn't. We didn't even call off the game. North Texas just said they're not coming. So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we good. We heard mm-hmm. about your place. Well, yeah. I don't know much about the new president. UTEP got ghosted by North Texas. <laughs> we did, though. I don't know too much about about Heather Wilson, who's the new president. Uh, well, relatively new within the past year and a half, I mm-hmm. guess. But it wasn't her decision in any way. No. Right? Because I not heard at all. it said, well, President Heather Wilson says this. Uh, no, it was the uh, it was the opponent that called off the uh, the game. Here is the quote: Who from made the, North the decision Texas not president. to have any? Who made the decision not to have any fans in the stands? That was UTEP. Okay, so UTEP made that yesterday afternoon. All right, so whether you if you want to give them praise or uh, criticism, you, you give that to UTEP because that was their decision to do the game with no fans. 
I wrote about it yesterday. I thought it was the right decision. I thought also that you know it's you are going to get criticism no matter what. If you if you played the game with fans, you'll get criticism from people that said that there should be no fans. And if you decided to play without fans, the people that wanted to be there or think they should be there and and are not worried about the disease would have also uh, been critical. So we had a call. They were in a tough spot. You know, we had a call earlier, and it was somebody calling in to tell us uh, that they thought the city was was doing the wrong thing. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were going to be, well, they're being too strict or they're not being strict enough. Before I answer the call, I have no idea because you're right. Any kind of decision like that, you're going to have some people who are like, you're Nazis for making a shutdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have other people who are like, you know, blood is on your hands because you're not doing enough mm-hmm. to prevent all these deaths happening. The end result is it made me feel sorry from D more yeah. than anything. hundred percent. And it's not just D. I mean, you've got a mayoral election, so whoever inherits the uh, mayoral office, whether this D wins mess. again or somebody <laughs> else, absolutely, that's the first thing they're going to get to deal with. Is, oh, right. right. Whoever whoever the mayor is, whether it's DeMargo or Oscar, whoever it turns out to be, is going to find mm-hmm. themselves in this position where you are damned if you do and damned if you don't. It's like when somebody moves out of an apartment, but they want to just completely stick it to the landlord, so they do a whole bunch of crap, like damage the walls, stuff a bunch of tampons down the toilet. Here you go. You're not getting your deposit back that way. <laughs> uh, so do you understand North Texas and, and their point of view? I'm sure they they watch TV just like we do, and it's all over Look. the national news. Look, here is, the, here is the comment made by the president of the school. His name is Neil Smatresk. Okay? He says, we Smatresk. ain't going, end quote. Right, here's, here's what he said. We are disappointed to have our first postponement of a Conference USA game, but the health and safety of our student-athletes, staff, and coaches is our number one priority. We send our best wishes to the entire El Paso community as they face the challenge of dealing with the latest outbreak. Okay, so that was the the comment. Now, um, this is really interesting. I'm going to give you a couple of things here, okay? And this is obviously stuff we're going to be talking about later this afternoon at 4. Number one, if you want to make the argument that they decided not to come, because there are no hospital beds in El Paso, and they feared the worst, which would be a serious injury that could involve an overnight hospitalization. Right. Um, and that is a valid argument. Now, I'll say this. Those kind of injuries happen probably once every five to ten years in a game. I mean, they are not a common type of thing. Most you wouldn't of the time, count like a concussion? No. No, because you don't get overnight hospitalization for a concussion. Okay. You don't. I mean, now, um, I'll say this. Um, there are times when, you know, players are, are concussed and they stay on site. But, like, if you're dealing with, let's say, an Andy Dalton situation and you were just knocked into the middle of next week like he was, uh, sure, that, that's a scary situation. But How about the a most back part, injury? Well, now that's another interesting thing because the DAC injury happened. He had surgery immediately at the uh, time of the injury, and I think he was released the next day. Now, I spoke to somebody last night that's connected to all the, you know the, the, the hospitals in El Paso and the medical um, the medical scene. He told me the truth that um, if it was someone that required overnight hospitalization, it would be a very difficult thing to accommodate them. But if it was something where they could get in and, and have something performed and be out before the, uh, you know, the, the stay, it, it, it's still very possible that El Paso could accommodate that and not have trouble with it. So that's what I heard as of yesterday evening. But he agreed that 
the um, the chances of a football player getting injured to the point where they need overnight hospitalization is so rare, it hardly ever happens. But if that's the reason you're worried about coming, say it in your sentence. Say in your statement. Say, you know what? Our biggest concern right now is there is no hospitals, uh, hospital beds, and in, in case of a serious injury. And if the North just, Texas president has that concern, it kind of makes you ask why why we here didn't have that. Why UTEP didn't have that concern? Well, uh, let's put it this way. Again, it's because, Buzz, it is it is a very rare occurrence in a college football game where somebody not just needs hospitalization but needs an overnight stay. It hardly ever happens. In fact, like I said, it probably happens once every five to ten years in, in games here. You just never see it. So it's something that it's possible, but anything's possible. Anything can happen you know, in, in terms of a, a sporting event or in any given so circumstance. So is this like the football version of it's not you, it's me? Me. Like, look, we're we're just worried if something happens to us, you know. But but we really yeah. wish we well, could I, be there. I think like, their we concern really wish is could be at the game. They're not concerned that oh, this injury might happen in our player. Well, I I think what I'm picking up is they're concerned that with the situation and the lack of hospital beds, they might be taking unnecessarily a hospital bed well, for somebody who might need it more. Well, let me say this. They didn't even mention hospital beds. All they said was the the outbreak. That was it. They just said that their health and safety. I think the numbers scared them more than anything else. The numbers. Just and that the makes, sheer that makes sense because think about it. If they were to come out here and they were to get exposed, which, I mean, there's a lot of people getting exposed right now, and well, then, but then they take it back with them. So then they're let infecting me, let me say, roommates, let me, let me answer other people. That. All right, let me answer this, because this is, to me, this is the problem I have with North Texas' decision, which I think is ridiculous, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one, if you fly into town, you can very easily bubble yourself up in the hotel. Number one, you can fly late in the evening before the game. You can get into town. You can bus directly to the hotel, have your meals delivered, keep everybody on lockdown. You bus to the game. You play the game. You get out. You go right back to Denton. You don't, you don't, you don't go out. You're not going to go out to the bars on Friday night in El Paso looking to see what you can find. So the truth is, is that um, if you take care and you're safe, and you socially distance in your hotel, and you just commute to the game, play the game, and that's it, there's no risk. UTEP, the football program, has had no cases that they have been dealing with when everything has been spiking over the last month. In fact, uh, they've had no problems with COVID at UTEP and, and the football program. None. And it's been amazing that this has been happening. I give credit to the players and the staff and everybody that's done their due diligence to, to stay um, in their own little bubble and keep themselves away. So... Think about this, guys. If, you, if you're North Texas and you treat this strictly as a game where you don't do anything else, but you stay locked up, you go play the game and you leave, and UTEP's not having any cases, they test three times a week, three times a week, and they haven't had any issues, then honestly, is this as much of a dangerous situation as North Texas is making this out to be? I think it's clear they were just afraid of the miners. They saw that we got a couple wins on the schedule and worried they were get their asses kicked. Right? There you go. There you go. And somebody else brought up this point, okay? North Texas said that North they, Texas they saw offered we beat Utah. Abilene Christian, and they're like, oh, no, man, yes. we don't want no part of that. That's right. Uh, North Texas <laughs> offered UTEP a chance to play the game in Denton and pay for it, and UTEP turned it down. Now, some people say, well, why didn't UTEP take that off or they should have just gone to Denton and played? And I totally disagree with that, too. Because if you do that, 
you're suddenly opening up a can of worms where every other team that's going to play in El Paso will do the exact same thing as North Texas and say, we don't want to come to El Paso. We will offer you the chance to come here and play. And suddenly, UTEP has only road games left, and they don't play anything at home between now and the rest of the season. But why is that a bad thing? I mean, we can't have people in the stands anyways. Because if you're going on and you're traveling and playing road games, you're basically you have you have no chance. Well, that's you yeah. have no chance. But you have it's it's you're much supposed harder to, have, to win You don't on have any road. home f- field advantage ever. Mm-hmm. They're three and three, man. They exactly. don't need it. Yeah, they don't I, need no home field advantage, but, man. But they don't do, have a home field advantage when they're at home. But, so I mean, the, look, I think about it this way: look, you can't have fans in the the stands, which is something that home field advantage does give them. You know, the, that kind of a motivation. Yeah, but, but also two, that you don't have to travel and you're working out. You know, you sleep right. in your own bed. And, although that's not even true, I found out. I will absolutely. Sometimes the players sleep in a hotel in town when they play a home game. That, yeah. They used to. I don't know if they still do that, but that was something that that was. Going I will on years absolutely one hundred percent give the UTEP football team credit for having no cases. That is amazing, especially shocking considering mm-hmm. the the city of which they live right now but at the same time i can understand why someone from denton wouldn't want to come here because one what if there's even a chance that you could get it and you live with someone who is older or if you have a chance i mean and let's be honest you've seen the football players there's a lot of them that are testing positive the baseball players testing positive so do you really trust a young person to not venture out to go, I don't know, to go hit up a, a fast food joint real quick to well, grab some Whataburger or something while they're in town. And if then you tell them, if you exposed. make a rule, but if you make a rule, Lisa, and the coach says, listen, we are not leaving this hotel room under any circumstances. We are staying in. We will have all of the food delivered to you. You stay in your rooms. You get ready for the game, and then we'll play and we'll leave, and you're not going to even put yourself in that position. UTEP played Texas earlier this season, the Longhorns, okay? And when they went to Austin, they UTEP was not allowed to leave the hotel room under any circumstances before that game uh, was played, including the uh, uh, radio announcers, John Teicher and Mike Pettis, who, who called the game for us on 600 ESPN. They were also, they were part of the traveling party, and they were still, they were being tested just like the players, and they were already told, you cannot leave the hotel under any circumstance. So UTEP kept their entire team in Austin, in the hotel, went, played the game, left, came back to El Paso, never left. They bubbled in. And that's what I'm saying. They've been very responsible, commendable for their actions. So if UTEP did that in Austin um, about a month ago when the cases in Austin were, were higher than El Paso, why couldn't we see the same thing done with North Texas on Saturday uh, when they play the Miners. Is there any plan for making up these games, or are they? Is They're it still tra- they, just they up in December, the air? December. So okay. if they if they do play them, they'll probably play the first or second week of December. Or do it later. Do it last week of December or first week of January. We could pretend the Miners made it to a bowl. Yeah, <laughs> call that the Sun Bowl. Yeah. There you go. Uh, let's talk a little baseball since sure. we got Steve with us. I guess when I grew up. It seemed like the Yankees and the Dodgers were always in the World Series. Maybe not against each other, but it's... Well, no, against each other. They played in 77, 78, and 81, which is right around the time you were growing up. That was right in the sweet spot, but also the last time they won a World Series was... The Dodgers won in the the 80s, too. 88 was the last year. That was when Oral Hershiser was kind of like the big stud pitcher, right? Well, that's true. And then you remember, of course, Kirk Gibson's home run when he's yeah. like limping around the bases uh, against Oakland. and It was a huge, uh, huge World Series for the Dodgers then. 
so the Dodgers uh, win it. Tell me about the the outfielder that had to come out of the game because the test came back positive. It was a third baseman. Not oh, it was a third baseman. Sorry. Yes, it was. Uh, okay, so it was Justin Turner. You ever seen the redhead with the really, really big beard that plays for the Dodgers? Uh, and he's had this huge beard the last like four or five years. Yep. Okay, his name is Justin Turner. So um, they find out in the second inning of the game last night that his Monday test was inconclusive. So Major League Baseball during the game puts a rush on his test from yesterday and asks. For the result, they get the results in the seventh inning, and the result is Justin Turner tests positive. They immediately contact the Dodgers, who then in turn pulls Turner from the ball game. We find out after the game that the reason he was pulled was because of a positive test. And next thing you know, um, about 20 minutes later, there he is on the field without a mask, celebrating with his teammates right. uh, for the World Series. So, like, yeah, well, World Series title. you're you're co- you're COVID-19 positive. You can't stay in the game. But after we mm-hmm. win, you can come out and celebrate without a mask and you know drink yes. out of the same champagne bottle. <laughs> you know, That's whatever. right. Kiss the trophy. <laughs> Kiss the trophy. Um, yeah, it's it sends such a weird message. It really <laughs> does. And uh, uh, you know, it he's been ripped for it. The team has been blasted. Baseball's been. Everybody's been getting hammered. For the, uh, for the Justin Turner story. And it's interesting because a lot of players are saying, if I was in Justin Turner's shoes, I'd want to be out there too. I would not want to be isolated. Because he is the heart and soul of the team. Put a and mask been on. The third le- yeah, exactly. Put a mask or, on and go out mm-hmm. there and do it. Mm-hmm. 100%. They claim he took the mask off for pictures. But come on, you're po- you have a positive test. Even if you're asymptomatic, knowing the potential. Now, you imagine if the whole team gets it as a result of this and you know you had your celebration on the field and now the entire Dodger team is sick with COVID over the next week? I just find it interesting that it's like, hey, the situation is serious enough that you can't continue to do the thing they pay you millions of dollars to do. But... It's not serious enough to keep you from getting out there and you know in the in the dog pile that's mm-hmm. celebrating mm-hmm. Uh, the Dodgers win. Here's the amazing thing: what would have happened if the Rays would have come back to win that game last night? We find out about Turner's positive test. There's supposed to be a game seven tonight, but obviously with his interaction among the whole team, suddenly you know you you probably have to wait a couple of days to see what happens yeah. and then all of a sudden if the whole team starts to get it then you've canceled the world series so i mean if you think about it it's uh you, you better be happy the dodgers ended up winning last night because ultimately that saved uh, a lot of hassle for baseball should there have been you know this seventh game that would have supposed to have been played tonight did you watch any of it i watched the like the first two innings oh, but then I, you know i gotta go to bed and stuff so there's a lot of controversy regarding uh, the Rays and uh, manager Kevin Cash, who pulled starting pitcher Blake Snell in the sixth inning, even though he had been um, as dominant as any pitcher in the World Series. Well, he gave Nine up a strikeouts. run, and then he gets pulled in what, the the, the top of the, the sixth? sixth? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the guy that comes in and starts pitching for him gets gets uh, shellacked immediately. He does. And, 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 ultimately, you, and, Snell, and Snell wasn't happy about it either. Of course not. No, he wasn't happy. And I'll tell you something else. He left the game. He was winning one nothing. Snell one nothing. Yeah. And it was one runner on base, one runner on first, and all of a sudden he gets pulled. And after the game, they were interviewing all the Dodger players, and the players were almost laughing, couldn't believe that they took the pitcher out. 
because he was so dominant and um, was was essentially just destroying the Dodger lineup. They couldn't hit him, and Brandon, then all of a sudden, the uh, Brandon, the do you have any off. clips, Sandy? So. Sandy, handy. Oh. You have any clips handy? Which one do you want? Do you want uh, Snell talking yeah, about hear, it? Do you want um, the manager hear, talking about let's it? Let's hear Blake Snell and then the manager. So that was Blake Snell, and then we hear the uh, Tampa Bay Rays manager talking about why he pulled him. You know who he he I, struck them out. By the way, the first two times they all struck out. Nobody could touch him. Those guys he was saying Mookie and um, and um, Seager they um, had been just awful in the first couple of at bats against uh, Snell. So see, see, this is the problem with pitching, uh, and this is actually not with pitching. This is the problem with baseball's new analytics. Okay, analytics tells you that pitchers are never as effective the third time through a lineup as they are the first two. Is that a so, money ball type of thing? It totally, totally. So what happens is, is that you've lost essentially the feel for the game. And when I say the feel for the game, anybody with any kind of common sense would tell you that if a pitcher is dealing and is dominant, you do not take him out with one runner on base after he has completely dominated a team. But on the flip side, the analytics says, well, they're going to get him the third time up. Well, you know what? Um, they got him all right. They got the bullpen as a result of this. And a lot of people are blaming Rays manager Kevin Cash for blowing the series and blowing last night because of the idiotic decision to take out Blake Snow. You know, even more than the pitcher, because I think the pitcher is always going to argue that they should stay in, even more than the pitcher, even more than the manager, you know who probably has a good feel about how the pitcher's doing? The other team. Like, they can tell if they're being dominated mm-hmm. or not. Uh, and you say they were the, the Dodgers were laughing after well, the game because when, yeah, when they were asked about taking out the, the Snell, they were all smiling during the question because they knew it was, an, it was a ridiculous decision. And they even said after the game, they said nobody could believe it. The Dodger players said we couldn't believe it because he was pitching so well. We never thought they would have removed him as early as they did. I got a couple other stories I want to talk to you about, but Brandon, are we up against a break? Yeah. Okay, you stick around, Cappy? You got it. I want to talk about your NFL team and Ugh. why it's been a few years since I since I put money on a on an NFL game, but I might put some money on the game this weekend with the Jets going to Kansas City. And I'll tell you why. And uh, also, this went viral. The baseball commissioner was presenting the MVP trophy to Seager last night, and a lot of people were thinking Oh, he's he's having some kind of medical problem, like a stroke, or he's drunk. Uh, but as soon as I heard the audio, I recognized it. I realized exactly what was going on. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. So the Dodgers are the world champions winning the World Series last night. And that means two championships for Los Angeles. So Lakers got one. Dodgers got one. Uh, Kings... Uh, that's already decided, but I wonder if uh, wonder if they're talking title town with uh, maybe the Rams or the Chargers. Doubt that. Yeah, probably not yet, but still. Steve uh, joins us today, and there are a couple other stories that I want to talk about with Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, Rob Manfred was out. He, he presented the World Series trophy and everything was fine, but then when he was presenting the MVP trophy to uh, Seeger... You saw a lot of this on social media. What's wrong with the commissioner? Why is he talking so weird? Is he drunk? And some people were concerned that he had a stroke. So, Steve, let me play it for you. And I, I recognized immediately because I've heard it before just because of the 
the line of work that we're in. So here's uh, Rob Manfred uh, speaking oddly while presenting the MVP trophy. Steve, you, you realize what's going on here, right? I would bet from all of our years yeah. in the business, there is a slight echo in his ears as he's talking or Either. he's actually hearing himself on a delay. Even uh, like a, a delay is worse than an echo in my experience. I think he's hearing his own voice mm-hmm. coming back at about yep. maybe a, a quarter second later. This sometimes That's throws people... you just remove the earpiece. You just get rid of it, right? And he did. He just decided to power through it, but... But that's obviously what's going to be going on. There's a similar effect that, like, people who have never tried to talk while they hear their voice coming back over a loudspeaker. You know, think of uh, today, today, today. I consider myself, myself, myself. That can really throw you. But I, I think he was just hearing his own voice and what it ends up happening. If you don't take that earbud or earpiece out, you end up slurring your words and sounding like you're having some kind of major, major emergency. We were talking about UTEP, and they're not going to play their game because North Texas decided not to travel. What's the situation with high schools? Are high school games on? How about high schools that have people coming from out of town? What if those schools decide they don't want to come to El Paso to play? So as of now, the only district that really we're we're interested to find out what's going to happen is going to be Isleta. Isleta has not made the decision yet on anything regarding uh, high school, and uh, there are supposed to be games played. Uh, right now, four football games are scheduled this weekend in El Paso County. But if Isleta ISD suspends athletics, there would be only two football games uh, going down. And the decision is expected to be made today. Is so, there a possibility um, that between now and then some of the, some of the uh, schools or districts, I guess it would be, that do have games scheduled might change their mind and decide – Absolutely. To postpone. That could happen. Absolutely. You betcha. I mean, What's your opinion on that? You agreed happen. that they shouldn't have fans for the UTEP game. Are they, are they going to have fans for the high school games? Well, first off, next week, UTEP is supposed to play FIU, who, by the way, canceled their game this week with Marshall or postponed their game with Marshall because FIU has got COVID cases of their own. They're supposed to fly to El Paso next week. So there's a very good chance, Buzz, that that game is not going to happen because of their situation in Miami with FIU. So UTEP, I mean, they might not play another home game for another month, and that's that would be nine weeks after their last home game. Well, what is the situation for fans going to high school games? Are are they going to have allowed. fans not allowed? Okay, not and allowed. you and you've already said you think that's the right call. I do. I do. Well, look, if you're asking people to social distance and stay and stay in and you've got a two week now stay at home order, then what do you do? We've got a two week stay at home order, but um, and a 10 o'clock curfew. But if you want to go out on Friday night and go watch a high school football game, uh, go ahead. Knock yourself out. You can't do that. We're going to ha- you go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say what, what hopefully they all have set up are video streams so that all the families and parents can watch the games themselves and, and see what's happening. But, you know, in terms of ultimately being in the in the stadium to, to be there at a football game when, when people are supposed to be home, it's probably not a good idea, which is why I thought UTEP made the right call by not allowing fans uh, for Saturday before North Texas pulled out. Cowboys are playing the Eagles. They got the late game on Sunday, and you'll hear that on KLAQ. I mean, fingers crossed you'll hear it on KLAQ. Um, it looked like the Cowboys maybe have just kind of given up. I mean, following that that terrible uh, loss on Monday Night Football, I don't know. It just didn't look like their heart's in it anymore. 
Well, remember, they are also they might not have um, Andy Dalton at quarterback, which means they would Ben DiNucci, uh, give me the nooch. There you go. As you heard in the background from a uh, very loud Cowboys fan. Woo, screen, give me the nooch, uh, bro. Ben DiNucci, who is a seventh round draft pick of the Cowboys this year, could very well be the starting quarterback for them uh, against Philadelphia. James DiNucci Madison played- made your pipeline to the NFL, man. Played at James Madison, Woo! as we just heard a moment ago. That's right, from, a, from a very um, inebriated Cowboys fan who's yeah. been drinking too much iced coffee this morning. Nobody! Uh, back in the studios. Stone Cold Sober, I get drunk on Cowboy wins. I must have misunderstood the, what the coach was saying after uh, that hit. He was upset that none of his players... I, I thought he was saying he was upset that none of the players were checking on Dalton. Some They were checking on Dalton. What he was upset about was that none of the players went and went after uh, uh, Bostic for yeah. laying that hit on yes, him. Yes, exactly right. No retaliation <laughs> whatsoever. There was a great video. Somebody found this old video from the 90s, and it was, it was San Francisco, Chicago. And uh, in the play, it was like 23-3, to San Francisco was winning. And in the play, Steve Young goes into the, to the end zone, and as he's already in, about three steps into the end zone, he just gets destroyed by some Chicago uh, player. But But... Young got up, spiked the ball right at the Chicago player, and then ultimately the entire San Francisco team surrounded this guy and just beat the hell out of him. Yeah. And it was a big fight, and everybody was getting involved, and it was just it was nuts. And that was the kind of scene, I, I guess, that you're I, used to watching. I just can't, I can't recall any time where a coach said, I was really disappointed that my guys didn't get into a fight on the field. Hey, they want to, they, you know what? I think a coach, when, you're, when your team is reeling, you at least want to have your players back and go after somebody that takes a cheap shot at one of your guys. Could it have anything that's, to that's do what with it's all I, about? I think John Bostic is not known as a dirty player for the most part, right? No, he's not. And uh, I think he's pretty well respected in the league. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the Cowboy players just realized hey, when you're going to tackle somebody and you've got a split second and you've got you know all of your 235 pounds and you're running at full speed, maybe it was just an accident. Or was yeah, it? Not when, you're, not when you're sliding. Not when you're sliding. When you go into that slide, you're essentially protected. And he went into that slide, and as he was already on the ground, that's when Bostic came in and drilled him. And I'll and watch the, the video again. I watched the video like half a dozen times. I'll watch it again. But it, it looks like from the time that Dalton starts to slide to the time that he gets hit by Bostic, it, I mean, a fraction of a second? You know what I mean? I know it's against mm. the rules and it's a big no-no, but sometimes yeah. when you're going in and you know, you're already making the play, it's... It's hard. You can't just stop in midair, you know. That Paul man was hit so hard, you'd think his soul was knocked right out of him. Good thing he's a ginger. No soul to lose. <laughs> Cowboys made a trade yesterday. They traded uh, their big uh, signee this offseason, Everson Griffin, the defensive end they received from uh, Minnesota. They traded him to the Lions for a conditional sixth-round draft pick that could be a fifth-round pick, so they save some money and in the process um, open up uh, the, the, some more playing time for Randy Gregory, who's now back. So uh, that was a big trade. Everson Griffin dealt to the Lions. Some believe the Cowboys are going to have a fire sale and try to trade off as many players as they can, given the way this season is going with their 2-5 and five record. Are there any teams you, you suspect? Happened, you happened, did, did you hear what happened to the defensive coordinator, by the way? That was my favorite story. What's that? Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan was doing a Zoom meeting, right, uh, with reporters. And apparently, during the Zoom meeting, 
he had Tabasco sauce on his fingers and accidentally rubbed his eye. Ah. And oh all of a sudden, they had to suspend the Zoom meeting while he was uh, trying to flush his eye out, which was on fire from the Tabasco sauce. I did that like three times when I first moved to El Paso because I had contact lenses three at that time. times. Yeah, with, with salsa. Like, I'd be eating, I'd get the salsa, and then I'd go to, like, adjust my contact lens or whatever. <laughs> my finger would go right in there. Not once, not twice, but thrice. Three different times until I learned my lesson. Mm. The other thing I want to talk about, Steve, real quick, is that the Jets are playing Kansas City in Kansas City this Sunday. And I think on Sunday the spread was 21.5. Meaning that the the Chiefs could win by three touchdowns and still not cover the spread. Correct. And people started betting heavily on the Jets to cover the spread. Nobody thinks they're going to win, but maybe you know they can cover three touchdowns. I still touchdowns. bet on the Chiefs. They're still they're going to win by like four touchdowns. I think so too. The Chiefs will still cover. It, the latest I saw is that it's at twenty point twenty and a half. It's a twenty and a half point spread right now, but nineteen saying, and a half. Oh, it's down to 19 and a half? It is. Well, they, it depends on where you gamble. Usually there's a limit, and 3,000 is a common limit. Some of the really, you know, some of them limit at 10,000, but I guess there were some where people were putting heavy wagers, and when people people put that kind of wager, it brings the spread down, but you're saying it's at 19 and a half right now? Correct, 19 and a half. By the way, the Jets are 0 6 against the spread this year, and the Chiefs are four and two against the spread. Uh, the Jets have been down by twenty points uh, twice in their thirteen in the past thirteen years. They covered the spread against the Patriots in both of those games. But if if you still think the Jets have a chance of keeping it within nineteen and a half, you probably should do that pretty quick because I, I think that will continue to adjust over the next few. The more people that take the Jets to cover the spread. The uh, the lower the spread is going to get. So if you're going to bet on the Jets, you better do it. I, I would say today, while well, you can get that 19 and a half. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. What the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Here's the telephone number if you want to give us a call when the show's on live, as it is now, and as it is every weekday from 5 to 10 a.m. Toll-free studio line is 844-305-6210. I screwed that up. 844-305-6210. You can leave a message for us anytime, though. Day or night, you can leave a message on our toll-free neckline, and that number is 844-805-NECK. That's 844-805-6325 going to take a look at what's new for you on our website but brandon has late breaking covid and sports related news so do. what do you want to tell us about brandon? the houston texans they have closed their facility after a positive covid19 test fortunately for them they are on their bye week right now but it did say late last night uh, they received a notice that a Texans player tested positive for COVID-19 in accordance with NFL protocols. The player immediately self-isolated and the infection control officer and other members of the infection response team began working with the NFL to perform contact tracing. So that's in the NFL. Over in college football, Wisconsin has canceled their football game against Nebraska after an outbreak of COVID-19 cases. They have closed their facilities and the game that was supposed to happen this weekend, Badgers versus uh, Nebraska, not happening. And the game will not be rescheduled. So that's an outright cancellation. Did you say Wisconsin? 
Wisconsin versus Nebraska. Did they have the actual uh, players testing, or did they just figure, oh, Trump had a couple big rallies here. We might as well go ahead and cancel. <laughs> I think they assumed that. <laughs> so we've uh, we've got a champion in baseball, the Dodgers, champion in basketball with the Lakers. You've got a champion uh, in hockey. I already forgot who it was. It's Tampa not the Bay St- Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning. They All beat right. the Dallas Stars. So, yeah, they they crowned a champion. In your gut, do you really feel like this year counts with everything going on? Yeah, I say so. Yeah. As long as they're able to finish it up and say, here's, here's the winner. We had a World Series. We mm-hmm. had an NBA Finals. How about with football? Like, especially, you know, you got some player, some teams, rather, that came in the Big Ten that didn't start playing games until other other teams had already played three or four. It's going to be then difficult. Then you got a bunch of do you, in, in your gut, do you think it's kind of like, eh, I'm not sure this season really counts? I'll tell you what. Let's see how Oregon does. If they win the championship, <laughs> it's counting 100%, man. <laughs> Oklahoma's already lost a game, I, or two games. Yeah. I'm, I'm already saying hey, they this. they crept back into the top 25. Yeah, that doesn't cut the mustard when you're, when you're hoping for a national championship every year. Yeah. I mean, listen, if the Miners ever... I they have gotten into the top twenty five before, but if they were to do it again, that's a major accomplishment. Yeah. Anytime the miners get in the top twenty five, it's like everybody knows about it. Uh, the Sooners lose two games; they're talking about firing the coach already. That's just the difference between the level of play that goes on in the college game. Let's get an update. We have our finals. Speaking of finals, we have our finals in Monster Madness. So all the voting has been tabulated, and we can announce who's going ahead to the championship round for the greatest monster of 2020. Yeah. It's the final monster. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Who do we have? Freddy Krueger versus Michael Myers. So you can go vote now if you would like. Michael Myers moved past Pennywise and... Freddy beat Jason. Which was the close one. I got to think the it was... Freddy versus Jason yeah. was really close. And what's interesting is early on, Pennywise had a, a pretty big lead over Michael Myers, but at that that got flipped on its head, and Michael Myers really ran away with that one. So we're looking at Freddy Krueger versus Michael Myers. Again, you can use whatever criteria you want. Um, who's scarier? Who's more terrifying? Who had the better movies? Who would win in a fight? They're both. They're both number one seeds, though. I've got to assume, right? Yeah. Well, I would say when I saw Nightmare on Elm Street in the theater when I was in high school, I had nightmares. I mean, I was already like fifteen or sixteen, but I had legitimate nightmares that night, which is weird because I watched it on TV a, a few years ago, and it just looks, you it's know, easy. it's silly, right? Yeah. Like, and I was like. Oh my God, I was really terrified of that. Mm-hmm. I never saw the remake of it yeah, with Jackie right. Earl Haley. Yeah, and I, I had high hopes for that. I would say, like, which one of these characters would I least... I, I'd least like to be on their radar. Probably, I guess, Freddy, because he gets you in your dreams and mm-hmm. eventually you got to go to sleep. That would be tortured. You know how much I like to nap, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be the worst. I'm going to say Freddy's scary. Well, to remember me. that was one of the kind of plot lines behind Freddy versus Jason was uh, the kids from the town who knew of 
Freddy Krueger, they were kind of put in uh, a psych ward and they were given these pills that put them in a dreamless sleep. So he wasn't able to come back. I've seen the fight scene from Freddy versus Jason, but not the whole movie. That's decent. I liked it. We've uh, got our home decorations you can vote on. I think it's really a race between Brandon and Joanna at this point. Um, Brandon, did, is that a purple dolphin in your front yard? I was looking no. at it. That's I love Brandon. Gross. That's not a purple dolphin? You mean the tree? Is that a tree? The purple thing. That's a tree. Oh, my God. I thought it was an inflatable with, like, a face drawn on it. No, I mean, it's a, it's fake. It's it's a tree with lights oh. on the inside. Oh, yeah, right. I was going to say, you no, really decorated a, no, that no, tree. No, 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 no. That's it's not like a, a real tree. It's like a spooky tree. Yeah. And you can't really... See, the pictures never really did it justice because the really bright things in the front, those are little ghosts. Did you do that, that artificial grass in your front yard? Yeah. How's that working out for you? Good. I like it. Do you have Looks to sweep nice. it or Look anything? It. Yeah, you got to yeah. clean it up every now and then, but yeah. you don't have to mow it, so... It's less of a hassle. Yeah. We have it in the backyard, too. It's really expensive. And you had it put in? This was long before I was even in the house, so... Oh, okay. So it was already there? Yeah. You didn't do it together as a couple? No. My wife My wife planned this house out. Um, Let me ask you a question. Picture. My wife is <laughs> nice. Have you ever tried to chip a golf ball off of it? No. Can I come over and see what would happen if I did? No, but I got a whole <laughs> bunch of neighbors that have it, so... Okay. Oh yeah, Brandon. Brandon really has put in a lot of effort on this. Well, we've I really kind of like just, Brandon. We've kind of just accumulated through the years all the different things. If you scroll back up, um, so I, like we have the light on the garage door. Those I made. The ones things that are in the window. It's the it's one of the stretching paintings from the haunted mansion, and it's you the made that bright. like you cut it out. Like I drew it and cut it out. I can't. I forgot how crafty Brandon is. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, when Brandon was every, living at my house, he had the girls that oh, same Oh, I, I did the the Rick the Rick pumpkin. Oh. I drew I drew Rick from Rick and Morty on the pumpkin, and then the girls uh, carved it out. I didn't have any idea who that character was at that time. Yeah, at and that now time, I'm a huge Rick and Morty. You didn't. No, I mean, I knew of him, but I don't think I'd ever seen Why the show. Why did you choose that? Did you buy like a, we like a stencil them. or something? Remember, we asked them. We were like, what do you guys want? And they were like, we want Rick. And we didn't know anybody. They're like, oh, these kids probably should not be watching this show. <laughs> oh, my God. Both of those girls sw- swear to me that they never liked Rick and Morty. Oh, they loved it. That was that, the that's what I remember. The pumpkin. Dude, oh, my God. I'm going to bust them. How about that pumpkin that one year? Next, huh? next you didn't time, like Rick and Morty. Next time this gets brought up, call me. I'll back you up. Because yeah. that was their choice. Because when I was living with you before Halloween, we were talking about, hey, we'll get a pumpkin. And I asked the girls. I was like, what do you want to draw? Or what do you want to carve on the pumpkin? I'll draw it, and you can carve it. And they said, we want Rick from Rick and Morty. I asked, I asked the girls, hey, let's watch some Rick and Morty for old time's sake. And they're like, we never liked that. B.S. I yeah. knew there was something that... <laughs> they I... liked it ironically. <laughs> and we've got Joanna's... Uh, did you do all these pumpkins freehand, or is there some kind of stencil that goes along with these pumpkins? There was or did supposed you... to be a stencil, but we kind of tore it. My nephews like to carve pumpkins. And then... I have no patience for that. So. There this... was years I didn't get to do it at my house because my mom's allergic. And then my pumpkin, pumpkin display. Yeah. Joanna's the second a we carved them open, her, her, open, her face would swell up. 
What, you, if she touched him or just in the same room? She was just in the same room. God. It happened when I think we were, I was about nine or ten, and all of a sudden we noticed my mom almost couldn't see because her eyes were almost swollen shut. And then the next year, the same thing happened. And the, the, the first year, it was really bad because obviously she was in there digging around and, and helping us get the guts out of the pumpkin. But the next year, we were thinking, oh, well, as long as she doesn't touch it, everything will be fine. No, Wait, Was your mom not aware that she had a pumpkin allergy before she, that year? She had never had a pumpkin allergy before that. She, I guess she developed it because we carved pumpkins throughout my childhood and we never had issues. And then when I reached like 9 or 10... It became a problem. Yeah, that's like me with the bananas. I didn't have any allergy to bananas until I was in my 30s. You see that pumpkin in, in the picture from my house? What's that underneath? That is a green pumpkin, and it's the one that got mushy already. Gross. Oh. Like, if, if you were to kick it, your foot would just Mush. go right into the pumpkin. Oh. I got Do it because I, I was thinking it wasn't <laughs> ripe yet, and it would last longer. Uh, maybe if I get Nico to film it, you want me to just kick the pumpkin and yes. see Hell. my foot go all the way in? Hell yeah. Okay. All right. You can see that over at it's uh, sponsored by Jack in the Box. So go and check out our Halloween decorating contest. We didn't get to decorate a float, so we decorated our porches this year. Have a great one, everybody. We'll be back. We got a big Thursday show on the way for you tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. So long.